morning. Happy Christmas Eve. Happy Hanukkah. Brian Noonan in for John Williams, 720 WGN, here until noon. A lot to get to, and it's always more fun when you are involved. 312-981-7200. That's the phone number. That's the fax number. Or not the fax. What is this, 1982? It's the text number. Phone and text. What do you call it? You'll be talking to Yasmin. She is executive producing the big broadcast this morning. If you're nice to her, you get to me. That's how it works. We'll be talking uh, to Belinda Chang after 11 o'clock. If you are looking for a wine recommendation to go to one of your holiday parties and you need to get it last minute, Belinda will help us out. We'll talk some traditions. We have some holiday classics that we're going to get to. And um, how to deal with guests who may overstay their holiday welcome. So a lot, a lot to get to. Dave Ennett, good to see you. Mary, nice to see you. Merry nice Christmas. Good morning. Brian. Merry it's, Christmas. I know Mary Mary couldn't have been more shocked that she saw me in the daytime. <laughs> yeah. She walked by me. I was out there working on the show. She walks by. She goes, What the and I was like, oh, nice to see you too, Mary. <laughs> she, I stopped myself. She couldn't believe it. Yeah. She was very yes. Norm- haven't seen you in a long time. Well, normally they don't let me in when other people are around. Oh, gotcha. Which is, oh, is that the deal? That's yeah. probably yeah. smart. Yeah, I come in, you know, overnights, weekends, mm-hmm. uh, off hours where I don't have to um, I don't have to subject other people to my presence or my fashion sense. We're glad to see you. Nice sweater. Thank you. I forgot that the uh, Cardinal was coming in to see uh, Dave Plyer this morning. So I wore... This sweater has garnered a lot of debate in my house. Uh, It's Santa pushing Jesus on a tire swing on a playground. Mm -hmm. Good thing the Cardinal did not see you. Well, the Cardinal and I have a history, Mary. I'm not going to lie to you. It's... I don't think the cardinal likes me. Oh, yeah, this is this is a true story. He likes I, everyone. Well, you would think, and and I believe that to be the <laughs> yes. case. But I was I was emceeing the Irish American Heritage Center Hall of Fame gala a couple years ago, as I've done for the last uh, six or seven years, and the cardinal was seated right down front. Oh boy! And now I I keep all my remarks very PG because it's right. a, you know it's a fancy it's a fancy affair. But being the product of 12 years of Catholic education, I may have made a joke about the nuns who were there, um, about how I was afraid, just, just just that I was afraid because of my history of misbehavior that, you know, I may have suffered some uh, some punishment at yes. the hands of nuns well, in the all, past. We all did. Right. So it, uh, it's not a secret. Right. And that's a pretty that's a pretty inane comment. Um, I got, I didn't even know the Cardinal was uh, capable of this. I got the stink eye from the Cardinal for about 45 minutes. Um, so then I, then I remembered he was here and Dave said, oh, the Cardinal is coming in, which normally I would have loved to have come in and said hello and rekindle our feud, but you ducked out, didn't you? I did. I hid, I hid in engineering because I remembered the sweater I was wearing and I didn't want, I didn't want to offend the Cardinal. You should have asked for a confession. What? I. I don't you consider this. Forgiven. I don't. I don't think I need to ask uh, forgiveness for this sweater. I don't wear it. I didn't, I didn't say for the sweater. I said just for, for your behavior at the at Listen, the benefit. Mary, I had to come on the air. We don't have two or three hours for me to go through my <laughs> litany of misdeeds for the cardinal to grant me absolution. It, yes. it, it would I don't have been think nice right to, before Christmas. It would. It would have been nice. I'm going to take it in absentia. I'm going to believe that had I indeed talked with the cardinal he would have given me that uh absolution and a blessing and a blessing toss me it's like the scene in rocky where he drives up before the first flight and he asked the priest to toss him a blessing i would have asked the cardinal to <laughs> a toss me a, bless- a, a drive-by, drive-by blessing. blessing hey on your way out cardinal just a little something for the effort that would be lovely thank you thank you very much but it was it was lovely to see uh, to hear him on dave's show and see him he's awesome he had a great message he did it was it was lovely 
It was lovely. Uh, when we come back, we've got to we've got to check whether we've got a lot to do. But uh, there is there's controversy. We're going to do a couple newsy kind of things before we get into the holiday thing. Big, it's Hatgate. That's that's all I can say. It's Hatgate. We'll talk about it on the other side. But now, uh, Dave Schwann, you've got the weather for us. Brian Noonan in for John Williams on Christmas Eve. Glad you are with us. Hope you are enjoying the holidays. If you are out uh, doing last minute shopping. Really, you should have you should have planned better. This is uh, so a little crazy to be waiting. This is how I used to be back in the day, waiting till the very last minute. But not anymore. I tried to, you know, get a little a little more organized. Dave, are you organized? Do you have everything done? very organized? You thanks well, to an, my. You're an organized guy. Well, I and you have, have a very organized. I have a wife. very organized wife. <laughs> Good for her. Yes. Uh, somebody should have been more organized when they were making the purchases for the uh, Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library and Museum in Springfield because. I mentioned Hatgate. This is, oh boy, this is uh, unbelievable. A 16-month state study has found no new evidence to authenticate that a multi-million dollar stovepipe hat purportedly owned by Abraham Lincoln and once displayed at the museum actually belonged to America's 16th president. That's a, it's something you should look into a little more. It's beaver. It was a beaver skin, or it is a beaver skin stovepipe hat. Uh, this report by Illinois State Historian Samuel Wheeler found that the hat did not appear to match Lincoln's hat size. Again, if you're spending millions of dollars, these are the kind of things I, I would imagine you should have looked at first, uh, first of all. It found the hat was sold in the 50s to a downstate antique shop for a dollar, uh, and its Lincoln connection wasn't even known to the descendants of the original owners. So now there's uh, if if you go into the uh, the Sun Times or any anywhere you can see the picture of this hat. It looks like a you know a stovepipe hat that we've all seen pictures of Abraham Lincoln wearing, but not really. Uh, it all the the study concluded that uh, more findings are warranted, but uh, they put an even heavier dose of skepticism on claims that Lincoln once owned the hat, which was purchased from West Coast collector for um, twenty or like part of a twenty five million dollar haul. When they bought all this stuff, the hat was once appraised at six point five million. Now it turns out they just got it at Party City, and so it's not—it's uh, not really worth anything, nothing. But there's a there's a history behind the hat, and there's no—I'm not—I've uh, I, become more of a hat guy as time goes on. Are you a hat guy, Dave? Uh, sometimes you have a yeah. fine head of hair. I wouldn't—I wouldn't cover it with uh, with a hat. Uh, thanks. No, I usually on the weekends have a some sort of a baseball <laughs> cap or something. Are they all in purple and emblazoned with a huge N? Many of them are. I, I would imagine. <laughs> Why not? Yes. Well, this hat uh, was supposedly given to a farmer, William Waller, during a visit to Washington D.C. by Abraham Lincoln because uh, Lincoln wanted to thank him for supporting the pro-Union Republican cause in what at the time was a heavily Democratic Southern Illinois. Now, that story was just on a single piece of paper. Nobody's really sure now if it's true. Somebody acquired the hat for an undisclosed price from a downstate antique shop uh, where the uh, daughter-in-law of Waller had sold it for a dollar after the uh, 1956 death of her husband, who was a former state rep. So then the hat got sold to somebody in California for an undisclosed price. In 2007, the hat was bought by the Lincoln Foundation, which buys artifacts for the museum in Springfield, and now it could be nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing. But 
you know, does it does it really matter if you go to the museum and I see a beaver a beaver skin stovepipe hat? I'm going to think it was Abraham Lincoln. I would think so. Yeah, and yeah. It, and I'm not going to be heartbroken if it's not. I'm going to figure most of the stuff in there is a recreation. You know, I doubt that's really his bed. It's a beautiful museum. I don't know if you've ever been there. I have not. It's gorgeous and it's interactive. It's it's a lot of fun uh, and very educational. Uh, but you know, haberdashery is not uh, a thing that I need to learn. It's. It's okay if the hat is not uh, if the hat is not legit. I'm glad I'm not traveling today. We've been reporting all morning about the uh, the ground delays and the fog, and I know it's starting to lift. Even as I was coming in earlier this morning, as you got closer to the city, the fog was dissipating. It was much thicker when I left the house. But um, this is not this is this is a rough day to be traveling. I know Friday was supposed to be the busiest day for holiday travel, but today um, I've only I've only had to fly. At Christmas time, once, and we ended up flying on Christmas Day, which is better. My my one of my brothers flies in every year on Christmas Day, but I can't imagine I can't imagine the horrors of trying to fly during the holidays with a family. Yeah, Christmas Day, I have flown many times yeah. for bowl games right. and, and such, um, and and it's actually not a bad day. No, because yeah. most people uh, most people want to get they in want, before they want to be day. Where, they want to be at their destination right. by then. I yeah. flew on Thanksgiving Day this year, and Those that are, was that was also. Nice. And if you depending on the time of day, you well, that's go, true, and the weather. <laughs> yes. Well, who would have expected, first of all, that we were going to have these temperatures, and then so everybody thinks, oh, this is going to be a breeze. We're in and out, and then the fog rolls in, yeah. and you can't you can't get anywhere. I am not. Uh, I am. When we first got married, my in laws were in Michigan, so we made the mistake of trying. I know you grew up on the East Coast, but we we made the mistake of trying to hit everybody. That Christmas. So it was Christmas Eve in Michigan, midnight mass, then driving home. And this was back in the day when nothing was open on Christmas. No re- no restaurant, not even McDonald's was open on Christmas back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we end up, uh, you know, we're trying to find something to eat on this drive back. We're eating at a gas station, one of the, you know, the roller hot nice dogs. Nice sandwiches. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Mary, that, you know, nothing but the best for my... We always travel on eating. Thanksgiving morning with our kids, and uh, yeah, we could never find a place to stop. No, there's nothing. No, every, <laughs> now, it's, it's easier. Now everything's open. But we were driving back, and then, then we so we get home and go to my mom and dad's for Christmas dinner and the family. By the end of the night, we were so exhausted. We we're like, "This is it. We're done. <laughs> we're not no more traveling on the holidays. We'll go. You know, we we would go to Michigan a little beforehand, and then we would come back. But no, it's it's insane. And so for all these poor people who were stranded at Midway and O'Hare, uh, twenty six flights delayed at Midway this morning. Three hundred thirty six flights delayed at O'Hare. Uh, hopefully, hopefully now it's everything's supposed to be lifting by ten. Uh, the fog was gone, and the the ground stop stopped at about eight forty-five. So hopefully now things will start to get there. But if you are traveling today, we everybody tells you this. You don't need to be told again. But I got some time to kill, so I'll tell you. Uh, make sure you call your airline. Check really? check with the air. Well, Dave, listen. It's like every year at Thanksgiving when they have all the news reporters standing on the overpass yeah. at the expressway. Go, you know what? It's going to be very very crowded today on the roads. And I go, oh, is that right? <laughs> Hello. The people are married. People are traveling on the holidays. <laughs> Put it this way: there's nobody on the roads right now. <laughs> there hasn't been most of the morning. I oh man, there well easy. I think it'll get worse. It'll, but going home this afternoon, there will be traffic. Right, and people the tra- are coming in work until noon. And the trains are. I heard they added the extra trains today. Yep, they got the uh, early getaway schedule in the, effect. The traffic yesterday was ridiculous. Oh, it was getting home in the afternoon. Yes. It took me forever. People it was were crazy. Everywhere. What was that about? I, Shot I last people just. Yeah, everybody shopping, shopping and leaving. Panic, and, was it Panic Monday or whatever? <laughs> it 
Sunday, Monday. Oh my God, it's two days till Christmas. What's yeah, going they on? Snuck up on us like we yeah. didn't know December twenty exactly. fifth is Christmas. Uh, we went met my mom for dinner the other night, um, Sunday in Oakbrook, and. I, it wasn't until after we made the decision to go that I thought this is probably the worst place we could have picked to go to dinner. The Saturday, or it was Saturday, the Saturday before Christmas. It, getting there was no problem. Getting into the actual mall, yes. the parking lot area, took forever. And then my mom said, kind of what you just said jokingly, you know what? I I forgot. I forgot Christmas. <laughs> you forgot? I was at your house. I put up your tree. The lights are up. Your house is all decorated. It's Christmas. Yeah, people are having Christmas. Last week was a big Christmas party weekend. Yes, it was. I, I had to go to the uh, Apple store in a mall yesterday. <laughs> I had a, oh, okay. a Genius Bar appointment, which oh, God. clearly I'm not a genius to make that appointment <laughs> two days before Christmas. It actually... It was not bad. Yeah. I was, I really? was sure it was going to be just absolutely crazy. Well, but, sun- uh, Sunday morning, there was a line at quarter to nine. There was a line out the door waiting for people to get into the Apple store as I ran by to get to pick something else up. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> no th- th- and the Apple guy comes out and says, folks, just line up. And when you come in, here's what you're going to do. It was, it was like that scene at Animal House where Kevin Bacon gets stampeded <laughs> yes. by the crowd. This poor Apple guy was like, oh, no, look at all these people. And they're all like, they had that panicked look in their eye mm-hmm. like, we've only got two days. we got, we got to get moving. It's not going to work. Uh, all right, let's take a quick break. Then would then uh, after the news we are going to uh sh- i have to ask this because this surprised me uh and there's a s- small northwestern tie into this but should a school district be held to the same standard that it holds its students to hmm we will find out on the other side of the news but first this on wgn, WGN. hey it's bob surratt once again, I get up early. Let's start the Chicagoland Day together. Every weekday morning, 5 to 9. All right, I thought we had a uh, break. I was getting mixed messages. That's okay. We're all having fun. Yasmin, don't worry about it. Uh, well, the, you know, we'll just talk about some other things. This is a very exciting story. This uh, will put you in the Christmas mood, Dave, in case you weren't already. Okay. Uh, because, I, you know, it's not, nothing if not... Uh, Christmas time here with all the, fr- a uh, you know marijuana or cannabis is going to be legal here next week. But uh, Florida, they're not waiting. There was a man in Florida, St. Pete man, who was sharing the Christmas spirit by passing out weed. That's right. Uh, police arrested a man who admitted to handing out marijuana quote because it was Christmas end quote. That is a wonderful gesture. Well, it's kind of like putting those gold coins in the that's kettle. True. That's right. I don't know. There are some people who would much rather have the uh, you know the weed than the gold coin. And he wasn't putting the weed in the no, kettles. No, there was no weed no. in the kettles. This was He was just walking up to people. Uh, he's 67 years old, Richard Ellis Spurrier, in case you're in St. Pete and you're looking for him, going, hey, man, this <laughs> might, you know, I need a little something to help me get through Christmas dinner with the family. He was sharing the spirit Saturday. He had 45 grams of marijuana on him that he was giving to people passing by, according to the police report. Just pass it by. Hey, want some weed? Who's going to turn that down? Anybody with sense. That's who's going to turn that <laughs> right. down. So, because so, I saw the mugshot, um, I don't want to. I don't want to be mean uh, during the holidays. You he bought? looked. He looked. No, he just looked like a guy that you wouldn't want to take anything free, even if he was offering you a car. <laughs> right. Hey, you want a car? Here's the t- the bill of sale. It's it's all legit. I'll pass. He's a guy who's going to sell you speakers out of a van at the mall parking lot. You know? Gotcha. Have you ever run into those guys? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Those. That's how my brother got, uh, since it's Christmas, I'll tell this story uh, quickly. Remember when Tickle Me Elmo was the big fad? Oh, do I ever? Because Did you that have to go get my, them? That was my kids. That was uh, number one. Did you find one? 
I yeah. you're a man who's I, connected though, right? Yeah, I pulled pulled in you know, pulled some strings, <laughs> called in some favors. You know a guy? Yeah. What you call Jim I a guy who knew a guy. <laughs> Molly was in wasn't even a year old, I think, at this that, that Christmas. Um my brother Kieran shows up with a tickle me elmo and the place goes crazy. How did you find Tickle Me Elmo? He had been at River Oaks Mall, uh, and some guy <laughs> called him over and goes, hey, come here. He had a trunk load of these Tickle Me Elmos. Now, I don't know, it Tickle Me Emo, it could have been, there could have been a misspelling, I'm not <laughs> yes. sure. But uh, so Kieran had to run to the ATM, get money, and come back and do the transaction in the parking lot. But suddenly he won Christmas with some uh, black market Tickle me Elmo that had fallen off a truck somewhere. Yes, yeah, so allegedly, and some and some kid did not get their Tickle Me Elmo. Well, I don't know where the Tickle Me Elmos came from. I was only the recipient. I really don't want to know. I was it a legit know. one? Yeah, it was legit. Oh. Elmo laughed. He, he moved around. It was very exciting. <laughs> it wasn't Tinkle Me Elmo. No, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> Mary that's wins. a new concept, Mayor. Yes, all of a sudden the Shark Tank people are like, "Hold on, let me write that yeah. down." That's a good one. Tinkle me, Elmo. Yeah. That would be <laughs> very nice. All right. Well, now we'll go. Now we'll do the school district story on the other side of the news. But we have to do this first. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bell rock. For John Williams, it's Christmas Eve. Yasmin picking the Christmas bumps today. Very exciting. Uh, I. It wasn't until last week, or it was this weekend actually, that I put a couple. This is how old I am, Dave. I put a couple Christmas CDs in the car, and I began to listen to the Christmas music. And I thought, okay, now now things are taking the right turn. You sure they weren't eight tracks? They were not eight tracks. That is only at home in my big uh, my big stereo system, my high fidelity Your, system. GE? It's, of course it is. GE and it's got the, you know, and I also have one of the portable uh, eight track players that looked like the dynamite plunger. So I have one of those that I carry yes. around. Because yes. uh, I like to be retro. And the kids are all about the retro. So that's, that's what I do. Alright, here's the question. Should a school district be held to the same standards that it holds its students to? And the reason I ask this is because uh, District 300, which incorporates Hampshire, West Dundee, Algonquin, that, that area, um, they have admitted that they, quote, unintentionally, end quote, plagiarized information included in the district's winter newsletter, which, if you've been in school ever, you know they, nobody cottons to plagiarism. That's, you're, you are warned nonstop that if you are going to write something, you need to either attribute it to the person who actually wrote it, cite your source if you got it from uh, back in the back in the old days, if you got it from the encyclopedia, or now if you get it from uh, some online source, you need to cite your source. Well, the superintendent acknowledged that the situation uh, acknowledged the situation in a letter that he sent to parents. Uh, it was determined that a November newsletter did not attribute information in a story on safe winter driving to the source who wrote it. Uh, you could argue, well, that's not a real big deal, right? It's just a winter driving tips. It's not. It's not that big a thing. But people, people got all up in arms, and they were like, "Listen, you you can't just you can't tell the students one thing, and then the administration or the district can do another thing with no consequences." And, but at this point, I think you know you admitted that you were wrong. the The administration admitted that they made a mistake. Um, 
the the email letter said, quote, in our attempt to provide full and detailed outline as to our winter weather procedures, we inadvertently failed to credit the original sources. While unintentionally omitted, the sources for this information should have been included at the time of publication, end quote. That should be enough, right? We, that, that's good. The district copped to it. They said, listen, we made a mistake. Uh, he, then he went on to say that, you know, the newsletter doesn't really change year to year. You know, they've used this winter driving tips thing forever, which, you know, I guess you're sending it to the parents, not the kids. I was going to say, how many high school freshmen need winter driving tips unless they're going to be in the backseat yelling at their parents? You're not turning into the skid. Right. That's which, you know, at that point you stop the car and you let your kid walk. And they say, what's your winter walking tip, Johnny? It's keep your head down and walk away from the wind. But, so now now they added a disclosure to this, to the article. They went back in and changed the, changed the, uh, the newsletter saying, the information below was compiled from the following three sources. And so now it's good. But people are saying that there needs to be, there needs to be more punishment. And they even talked to a professor of instruction of writing at Northwestern. You know, they bring in the big guns, the, the high-powered uh, scholastics, and uh, she said that taking information without attribution has become common on the Internet, often surprised by the number of students she deals with, even at Northwestern, who have uh, a limited understanding of plagiarism. At Northwestern, do you know what the penalty is for plagiarism? You would not know, Dave, because I know you were an honest in- <laughs> man with integrity when yes. you were a student. I, I, I don't know. It's death. Really? That's, they don't mess around. That sounds pretty severe. Especially at Medill. They, no, yeah, it is, it is yeah. actually, uh, they're likely to face some form of disciplinary action depending on the scope of the incident. Uh, it can range from warnings, course failure, suspension, and even expulsion, which in college terms is the death penalty. Yes. You are expelled from, yes. from school. Yeah. That is the death penalty. Now, the reason, the reason people are so up in arms is because the district is very strict on plagiarism. Uh, students are explicitly informed of the dangers of lifting information without attribution in the handbooks they receive. Um, the handbook passage addressing academic integrity. Uh, s- uh, the kids are told they face serious ramifications if they're caught plagiarizing, which they define as copying words, sentences, or ideas for the use in a written or oral assignment or examination without proper credit or attribution. So... Um, saw this in the trib and i was like all right well what if if they're calling for people's blood which is uh, seems drastic for this what could they do who's gonna who's gonna fall on the sword it's got to be whoever is in charge of their communications and you go all right to to calm the masses and set an example for the students we're gonna get a one day suspension that's still too much but at least it placates all the people who are going to be complaining and saying you're being right. hypocritical because as a district you can't enforce plagiarism rules if if my kid turned in a history paper and went oh, i inadvertently forgot to cite all these sources well i don't know how how flexible the teacher is going to be how flexible the district is going to be so while it's not the end of the world and they have apologized and they've changed it give give them something you know yeah. Give them, give them one day. Even if it, it's one day with pay, you know. I'm sure whoever's in charge of their communications is going to go. Wait a minute, you give me a day off? Boo hoo! All right, I learned my lesson. <laughs> I'll put, I'll put a footnote next year on the uh, on the thing. What's your thoughts? Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. That's the phone. That's the text. Let us know. All right, uh, we've got to check on. Oh, there, I was waiting because Dave Schwan was running around. He's obviously he's putting together an up to date weather forecast. 
cannot get enough Jingle Bell Rock. This song will haunt my haunt my dreams tonight. There's different songs like that that uh, make me a little crazy. This one, and I know it's an unpopular opinion, but the Mariah Carey All I Want for Christmas, I'm done with as well. Can't uh, I, I like it once or twice, but it plays nonstop. Nonstop. Uh, somebody texted, we, we were talking about this stovepipe hat thing earlier uh, with the, the controversy that this may not be Abraham Lincoln's actual stovepipe hat. Uh, somebody texted in with a good point. He was just uh, re-gifting a hat that didn't fit. It could still be a true story. Yeah, this is the time for re-gifting. I'm wondering how many people will open something either in the last week at uh, you know friend parties or things like that. You know, we I, I will I will cop to having regifted in the past. Mary, you seem you're very uh, thrifty. You're a woman who doesn't mess around. Have you regifted before? Yes. Yes. Of course. Is it to uh, close family members or is it to no. acquaintances? No. A lot of times, maybe to. Well, I hate to say it. I don't want to say it. All right, don't say. It. I, listen, it's Christmas. I don't want to. You know. I mean, I don't wanna, no, I'm no, not I don't trying to throw anybody. you under the bus. Like, let's say you're going to a party last minute or something, right? And you're like, oh man, I don't have anything. I don't even have a bottle of wine. You know, then maybe you have like a, a candle that sure, you never a opened, nice candle, or maybe some lotions. Looks great, or lo- yeah, yeah, I've done that. Put yeah. it in a nice bag. We've had we've had baskets that we got at like a, you know a silent auction or thing like that filled with oh yeah filled with stuff, and it's like hey, all right. Then the problem is you got to dust it so it doesn't look like it's been sitting in your closet for six months. <laughs> well, they usually have the cellophane wrap right. over them, and you're trying you're trying to blow it out. <laughs> things are sticking to it. Oh, that is a dead bug. Why? <laughs> Why yeah, is it on yeah. there? And, uh, you know, so I'm not above re-gifting, and maybe, maybe uh, Abraham Lincoln was not above re-gifting, uh, re-gifting yeah, either. Yeah, he probably invented it. Uh, Christmas cards are a big t- thing uh, for a lot of people. We did not, this year we didn't send a card, and we haven't gotten a lot of cards, but... Um, oh my gosh, I have gotten so many really cards. i've got more this year than yes. we have the right? last few Dave, years they, see you guys are very you guys are pictures nice. though everybody yes. yes they're pictures and letters yeah do you get the full letters yeah got There's, a few of those got a few oh. pic, few letters but everybody and i hang all my pictures on this particular wall in my kitchen really it's it's overcome with pictures i mean i wow. love them. i love getting family pictures and you know of, of people's kids because i'm at the age where everybody's getting grandkids now sure. or and then my my children's friends are having kids so they're sending me cards of their kids so it's it's oh man it's really cool I that's mean, nice now i just i have to buy more cards i i ran out so do you do you send to everybody who sends you one is that your list well, of like for next do, year you kind of check them off and but our family is growing so much nieces and nephews having babies and now yeah. they're all sending me cards and so i'm trying to send them and they're it's just getting out of control it's well, huge it's funny the turn from traditional cards to these picture cards now it is the majority of what you get like dave said and you you Mary, is you get the picture cards because people can go online. They're looking through their phone all year. They're like, oh, this is the picture. This is the Christmas card picture. Yeah, and they go. It's not just Walgreens anymore. No, it's it's no, no. You You listen, Walgreens. Sure, it's you can go to Walgreens, get them done. Yeah, but quality's not as good. You can do them in your underpants at home, and you never have to leave the house. (laughs) That's right. Fantastic. We had the whole family in Colorado this summer and took a picture up on top of a mountain. And like a week ago, Karen says. Why didn't we make a card out of that? <laughs> that's it sounds like a beautiful picture. Yeah. yeah, but now it's too late. What's it, just you at a football stadium again? No, no. 
Oh, here's another picture yeah. of Dave calling again. Yeah. Fantastic. Dave and his dog. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't I don't mind getting the pictures. I like them. I think because we moved in the summer, maybe that's maybe we're not getting a lot of cards cuz they're going to the older. That's what I'm going to say. Rather than the people have just taken us off the list, we're just uh they're they're not getting. It. We're going to get them all in like a big bundle on January 7th. We're just going to yes. drop them all off and go, "Hey, Merry Christmas. That'll be nice." And you know what's there's nothing wrong with with having uh, getting them after. No, New not Year's. at all. I mean, it's kind of nice. Everybody else just sends them early, right? And then they're just in the pile. They're with just, everybody it's else's. just another card. It exactly. stands out if oh. it comes January seventh. I'm going to send Valentine's Day cards this year to everybody. They'll still be Christmas good. cards, but I'm sending them late. I know people that send New Year's cards. Really? It says Happy New Year, and they send a, a picture of their family. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Well, because there's people who don't celebrate Christmas, right. so why not a Happy New Year? Everybody celebrates a New Year. Exactly, they, or or a dreads new, it, or a new decade, <laughs> acknowledges it, whatever right. whatever it is you want to do. <laughs> the New Year's one. coming, yeah, it's not, it's coming whether you want it or not. Uh, but this, I I found this story, and it really, it really kind of sums up what Christmas and Christmas cards should all be about. It's about two guys in Wisconsin. They have been mailing the same Christmas card to each other every year since 1959. The same card. Same card? These are guys who they met in uh, in high school, and that's where it began. So it, the first time they sent it, it was uh, the first guy sent it kind of teasing the other guy about a girl that he liked at Christmas. So he sends it to him, um, and then they just, the, for whatever reason, the guy who received the card saved it. And the next year he wrote, a, you know, he wrote something teasing the other guy and sent it back to him. So... It just kept going and going. Um, it makes a journey every year at Christmas, um, even when now it's now it's after about five years. They said the card was running out of space because they'd been scribbling on it. So they began attaching handwritten or computer printed letters to the card each year. Uh, so now it's nearly an inch thick when they mail it. It costs nine dollars to mail it. One of the guys said it, when it was first mailed in 1959, it cost four cents. So now it's nine dollars. They got to put it in a big uh, Manila envelope. So the card they say is no longer just the card itself. It became a card with a new attachment each year, which was and is our way of briefly bringing each other up to date on the major things going through our lives. This was one. This is what got me. One of the guys took the card to Vietnam when he was in the war. So he would. He knew he was going to be serving in the army at Christmas, nineteen sixty-seven. He mailed it from the war. Um, they've moved around over the years, obviously. One of them now lives in Wisconsin. The other is in Arizona. They grew up a couple blocks from each other. So they keep, they keep sending it out. And, you know, they don't really, they don't see each other in person very often. Maybe five or six years, every five or six years, it says. Uh, they'll email once in a while, but they just stay connected once a year through this Christmas card. Which is, that's that's, very kind of cool. That is really cool to have, first of all, to have a friend that long is amazing and then to keep to keep this tradition going for that long is another amazing thing and not miss not missing the year you were in the war i would imagine you know i've never i have never served but i would imagine you have a lot of other things on your mind when you're in in a war uh that's an understatement to the nth degree but that was that was a great part of the story and it's the it's the people that you don't see all the time that you don't actually get to stay in contact with. That's that's kind of what Christmas cards. That's what I like about Christmas cards. Like Mary, like you said, you get to see the kids growing up. You get to update. I'm not a big fan of the letter 
all the time that's, uh, you know, telling you how great you are. That That's what social media is for. There was a time on the station, Mary, and you remember yes. the... The Kathy and Judy, Judy, Mary Medical, oh, <laughs> Christmas, yes, the letters, those were classic. All the health problems, oh. everybody, oh my goodness. Yeah, it was a yearly tradition with yes. Kathy and Judy, and those letters, it was amazing that people put those thoughts to paper and yes. sent them out. It's like, what, yes. what are you thinking? Yes. You know, well, I had uh, some gallstones yeah. removed. Yeah. Right. Had his gallbladder <laughs> out. He's doing much better. Doing much better. He couldn't stand for about a week and a half, but that's because he's lazy, really, more so than a medical condition. Uh, I just got one yesterday. Do we have a f- couple seconds here? Yep. I got a, one yesterday, and I'll, it's it's a cousin that lives far away, so she I'm sure she's not listening, but it was terrible. She's like, well, my dog got hit by a car this year. Oh, um, then my car got in a really bad accident. Then my house caught on fire. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Wow. <laughs> It was horrible, and I thought, well, and then all of a sudden she starts talking about all these great things that her kids are doing, and I thought, oh, sure. okay, that was a very interesting letter, but that would have been a good Mary Medical. Yeah. It wasn't really medical, but it don't was lead tragic. With, don't lead with the tragic news. Well, she Start did. with something she happy. with all the tragedies. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, let's do this, then it's going to be news time, WGN. Somebody just texted in that they got a divorce announcement in a Christmas card, Christmas letter. So that's that. That's sharing these lovely news. Sign these papers. Yes. <laughs> Really hey, nice. Bob and I, after all these years, we finally wised up and, and the got one divorced. spouse sent it to the other. That's probably it. All right, on the other side of the news, what if you have guests that come to the house? That's always nice, right? Sure it is, until they won't leave. What are you supposed to do? We'll talk about it on the other side. Oh, my goodness. Just let it roll. Thank you for our lives. Brian Noonan in for John Williams, 720 WGN Christmas Eve. Uh, Hanukkah began on Sunday night. Happy Hanukkah if you were celebrating that. Uh, All the holiday season, everybody's having a great time. Families coming to and fro, friends coming to visit. Oh, man, we talked about the travel headaches people had this morning. Hopefully those are uh, all getting back in line because the fog has been, uh, the fog alerts have been lifted. But the problem becomes you've got people who come to your house and you you know you figure they're going to be there for a couple days and then they just won't leave what do you do have you had this problem what what is your solution i have some solutions that i will share from experts but i'm wondering if you've had this problem or did you just uh, toss them to the curb with no c- ceremony just get out or did you try to use some Sneaky, more passive-aggressive ways to get them out. 312-981-7200. That's the number for the phone, for the text. All right, so this, I, I get antsy if somebody, even if it's people that I love, if they're at my house for more than a couple days, it makes me uncomfortable. Because I think we, we're, we all have our routines, we all have things that we, we do every day, and then when somebody's there, even if you want them there, it throws that off. And after a while, you can only pretend for so long, and then something happens. But, you know, you can't help it. People are coming in. My, thankfully, one of my, two of my brothers live out of town. One of them comes in every year. And after, after a while, a few years of coming in and staying at my mom's house for a few days, uh, he and my sister-in-law and my niece decided it was just easier for them to get a hotel. It was more peaceful for them. It was easier for my mom. Everybody was happy, and there was no, you know, no issue, which I think makes a lot of sense. But here's the thing. Should you ever ask your guests to leave? You know, 
Or do you have an obligation to let them stay until they just decide that it's time to go home? I think you need to get this all settled prior to their visit, right? Or when they arrive. So this uh, this study came out, and there, people were asked, how do you do this? What should you do? And of course, when you get on the Twitterverse and the internet, everybody's got opinions. Some had a zero-tolerance approach. Uh, everyone out the door by 9 a.m. on the 27th. Leave their bags by the front door to collect on their way out. That's a little, you know, there's no question there. It's like, all right, here, we're leaving. Another user shared uh, her grandmother's approach. This was a technique. I like this one a little better. My grandma always made it clear to guests when they asked to to stay with her how long they were staying. The day before, she confirmed that they, quote, have had everything they brought, end quote, and uh, didn't need anything washed. So it's like, oh, remember, you said you were leaving tomorrow. Is everything all set? Can I do anything for you to make sure, you're, make sure uh, your exit is expedited? That would be fantastic. And then you can hint at your guest uh, that uh, they should leave. That was that was the go-to for a lot of people, where you just kind of get a little hint. You don't really have to, you know, you don't have to be that direct. Uh, just ask them when they're going to be heading back home before they arrive. And if they say they don't know, just tell them you have plans on the 27th. I think the 27th is good. Uh, I'm, I've talked to a friend of mine whose in-laws are coming, and he did not know the in-laws were coming. Uh, his wife told him that. So the in-laws are showing up on either today or on the 26th, and then they're staying for two weeks. Uh, he was not happy about that. Two weeks? Two weeks. That wow. seems excessive. Now, I will say they live in a tropical locale. So I would want to spend two weeks, but not at somebody's house. And not Wait, as... they live in a tropical locale and they're coming here? No, no, no. My my friend lives oh. my friend lives in Florida. Oh, the opposite way. Yes. My <laughs> friend lives on the Gulf. Literally on the Gulf. And uh so his in laws are coming. And he is uh yeah, he was a little was, so it's their vacation. He was basically. surprised. It's their vacation. He mm-hmm. was just surprised that they were coming for so long. He was like, "Oh, because he he likes his in laws very much." But you know, two weeks is, is excessive for anybody. So an eti- etiquette expert and the author of the Bluffer's Guide to Etiquette uh, said that clarity is key. Try to manage expectations before your guests arrive, uh, even if they're just coming for the day. Check with them as to whether they'll be staying through overnight, and then plan accordingly. So. That that's the thing. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. If you want to jump in, oh, uh, Claire has a very interesting way to do this. Hi, Claire. Hi there. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. So, how do you get guests to leave? I have this uh, fan paddle in my bathroom, and I've got some jingle stuff on it, and it reads, "You are welcome here. Be at your ease. Go to bed when you're ready. Get up when you please." What we have such as we've got the leak in the roof, the soup in the pot. But if we start drinking on Friday night and insist to spend the weekend, we don't mean it. <laughs> That's right. Nobody, you don't need anybody staying for the weekend. Very nice. I like that I like that you make people read in the bathroom, too, Claire. That's the best place. Other than a library, the bathroom is the best place to read. I've I've long held that belief. Merry Christmas! Thank you for the call. That's uh, that's where you do all the best. That's where you do your thinking. There's no distractions. That's where you can read. That's where you can think. All right, we'll give you a couple more tips on how to deal with guests that wouldn't leave. And I would love to hear your stories. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. It's Brian for John. Seven twenty WGN. Get a gorgeous floor at an impressive price at Lumber Liquidators End of Year Flooring Sale. 
This week, get solid hardwood from only $2.99 per square foot and save an extra 10 to 25% on clearance deals. To help you decide which floor is best, you can see hundreds of our floors in your space with Picture It, our online visualizer tool only at llflooring.com. These are the floors homes are built on. Lumber Liquidators Flooring. Grandview buys homes. Hi, this is Tom Detlich. If you're thinking about selling your home, I know exactly how you're feeling. You're dreading the painful process of fixing up the home, listing with a real estate agent, and then dealing with weeks or months of strangers walking through your house, judging you and your home. Then you have the uncomfortable negotiations process, followed by weeks or even months to get to closing. Selling your home does not have to be that difficult. Grandview will buy your home and close in as little as 10 days as is. No repairs needed whatsoever, not even a clean-out. And we will treat you with dignity and respect. You've been told that selling your home in cold weather months is even more difficult. Not so with Grandview. It doesn't matter what time of year you want to sell. We will buy your home, your family member's home, or your rental today. Why go another winter with a home you no longer want? Start fresh today. Grandview is a name you know and trust. Call us today at 630-506-8282 or visit grandviewhomes.com. Before we tell you about the 2020 WGN Chicago calendar, we want to say thank you, Chicago, for the past decade of your support. This will be the final version of the exclusive WGN Chicago calendar. The commemorative edition features the 12 best images from prior years. With your personalized name in each, this final commemorative edition is a celebration of Chicago and a must-have for businesses, friends, and family. Go to WGNRadio.com and scroll to the feature section to order yours today. This Christmas, you're invited to fight for the hungry, the hurting, and the hopeless. To fight for those hardworking families across Chicagoland who struggle to make rent, buy groceries, keep the heat on, and have holiday gifts for their kids. To fight for justice, hope, and love for thousands of children who live in poverty in our own neighborhoods. You can join the Salvation Army's Fight for Good and help them win. The Salvation Army serves more than one million people every year in Chicago with important services including shelter, meals, child care, disaster services, and holiday assistance. And you make it possible for them to win with donations at the iconic Red Kettles and online. Join the Salvation Army's Fight for Good. To donate, please visit John Williams' page at WGNRadio.com or you can go to salarmychicago.org slash WGNRadio. Let's do the most good this holiday season. Go to WGNRadio.com, find John Williams' page to donate. Thank you. Tidings of comfort and joy. Stories of Chicago's very own, Chicago's merry own, WGN-TV News specials, Christmas Day at 5.30 and 9.30. And uh, we're back, and we're talking about guests that will not leave. Uh, you love having people at your house, right? Mm, maybe. Uh, for my, my limit is like two days. Somebody texted it from the 224. My mother always told me that fish and house guests start to smell after three days. That's true because you just, you know, maybe some are on, some are in a, a, a guest room if you have a, a spare bedroom. Some are on an air mattress in the living room. People are all over. Their stuff is everywhere. Uh, you're trying to coordinate and make sure everybody's having a good time uh, while you're trying to remain sane during the whole thing. It just, uh, I don't know. It doesn't. It, it makes things even more stressful. So we're going over some. Uh, tips, but I want your tips at 312-981-7200. Dave, uh, yep, Dave has a uh, suggestion. Hi, Dave. Hey, morning. First thing, have a good day. So you were talking about how you get people to leave. What we've been doing for generations is 
the oldest grandparent or one of the grandparents starts telling bad dad jokes, and uh, <laughs> all of a sudden the kids are rolling their eyes, and the parents are like, "Oh, there's the hint." So, so that so everybody knows once the jokes come out, it's time to vacate the house. Well, the bad jokes, you the know, bad, whatever, jokes, sure. bad jokes, however you want to put it. But uh, my uh, two of my daughters gave me books years ago, a hundred dad jokes, and I'm like, well. <laughs> <laughs> So now are these do these come out on you know if people are just over for dinner or is this if somebody's been at the house for a couple of days? No, it's pretty much at the end of the day, you know, when you get done with, you know, you visit, you eat, you gift and then it's like, okay, you know, it's going to be like 11 o'clock at night and yeah, 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 so very nice. Well, I hope you don't have to pull out too many of the jokes, Dave, but uh, if you do, I hope people get the hint. Merry Christmas. You too. Take care. Yeah, here if. It can happen. Like we're talking about people who are staying for days and will not leave, but there's people who come and they won't go at the end of the night and they won't take the hint. You know, uh, I have. I try to leave. I never want to be the last person to leave. Even though at a recent party, I was with some people from the station here, and we were the last people to leave. But other than that, you know, you try to you try to go. Especially now, you know, when you're when you're young. In your twenties, and you're at a party. Everybody's everybody's used to staying up late. And this sounds awful, but Mary, you'll you'll back me up on this. When you get to a certain age and you have kids and all this, you're not staying out till two or three in the morning. You oh know? no! It gets to That's a point. When I get up. Like, yeah. Well, yes, for, for you exactly. <laughs> but it's you know you you go, you have a good time, and you leave them wanting more. Maybe you leave a little early, and then people go, "Oh, that was so nice to see Mary." Maybe next time, you know, she could stay a little longer. Rather than oh my, yeah, my god, hus- my husband gets mad. Go? I mean, I don't know about you and your wife, but my husband we're complete opposites. Yeah. He likes to go as early as possible, and I linger and talk. And um, <laughs> gee, that's hard to believe. But you know, he's come on, come on, you know, and he's always looking at his watch. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, yeah, that's that's Debbie's kind of like that too, where she's like, all right, we've been here long enough. We've talked to the people we want to talk to. It's time to yep, go. Time to go. But listen, you and I, Mary, we're social gadflies. Yeah. We've got to, we got people, people want to talk to us. <laughs> well, especially <laughs> well, if I don't you, have to I don't get know. up the next morning. Then I'm like, hey, I could stay up. Right, exactly. If See, I that's make it to thing. 11, I'm really in good shape. That is very late for you. Yes. It's 11 o'clock is late. <laughs> 312-981-7200. Jeffrey, welcome to WGN. Hey, how you doing? I'm well, thanks. Listen, one of my favorites, and this worked even for big parties, is uh, there's an, an album called Quicksilver Messenger Service. It's called Happy Trails. Yes. And the last song on it is Happy Trails Forever. And it goes like this. <laughs> Happy trails to you until we meet again. Happy trails to you. Keep shining until then. Now, you play that. About four times in a row. Oh, God. And I guarantee the place will close right out. Everybody will leave. Happy trails. Really? So this is this is at the end of the night. It can be... Uh, now, what if somebody's staying for a couple of days? Do you just start playing it on a continuous loop in the house? <laughs> just let it go and go and go? <laughs> That's what you got to do. It'll kill you, too, by the way. <laughs> you know, you, you got to put, like, uh, like cigarette filters in your ears That's after right. a while, because it's, it's really grating. Well, you know, Jeffrey, kind of in a minor key. Sacrifices have to be made. As a matter of fact, you can probably look it up. Happy Trails by Quicksilver Messenger Service. Yep. All right. Well, Jeffrey, Merry Christmas. Thanks for the call. Appreciate it. We're getting some texts about this, too. My mother-in-law and brother-in-law come from Mexico and stay for about three months. It puts a strain on life. Yeah. Three months. Uh, that That's... 
it seems too long. I mean, I understand if you're coming from that far away, you don't want to come in for a day or two. But, you know, a couple weeks, tops, three months, that's your your entire life is uh, in upheaval. But, hey, listen, everybody's got their own thing. Uh, from the 708, when they call and say they're coming, ask them if they've made their motel reservations or if they want you to check on availability in the area. Oh, you're heading it off before it even happens. Not even giving them a chance to overstay their welcome. Wow. I like that too. That is a good one. You know, there's uh, one of my one of my brothers has in laws that um, they will stay for a week, but his father in law uh, won't stay for more than a week. So if they're going to visit them for any longer, they'll stay in in the house, and then after a week they'll get a hotel. Which, He's a smart man. Yeah, I think that's fine. I, I'm like, well, why wouldn't you just get the hotel for both weeks? But you know, whatever. Um, from the 630, I drove my husband's friend home at 2 a.m. last year. I didn't want him waiting for an Uber. Well, that was nice of you. I just put him out on the curb. Merry Christmas. Hope you make it home. Especially this year, it's warm enough. I'm not going to, you know, if it's freezing, you don't want to leave somebody standing outside. Uh, closing time by Semisonic will send them screaming away, too, like Happy Trails. Uh, oh, we got a, a correction. For, uh, Happy Trails was Roy Rogers. That's what I thought as well. But maybe there's, you know, there might be more than one version. But uh, Roy Rogers did Happy Trails. Uh, another suggestion: Don't answer the phone when they call. Well, that, you can't. You can't do that if it's your family. And they know <laughs> you're getting together for the holidays. Hey, I was calling you for a month and a half. What happened? Oh yeah, I lost my phone. Really? Because you texted me to tell me what time to be there for dinner. Oh yeah, that was weird. Um, so if if somebody's not getting the hint. You still need to be, according to these etiquette experts, you still need to be a little forthcoming. Uh, be open about your own plans for the days after Christmas. Talk to them about your plans. Oh, man, uh, you know, Debbie and Molly and I are going to this place on the 26th, and then we're going here on the 27th. And hopefully they get the hint and don't just say, well, we'll tag along. That would be a lot of fun. No, 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 no. You can't do that. Yeah, just talk about how busy you are. Very busy. You know, all these things you have oh, to do, and oh, my gosh, I don't know. It's insane. Yeah, how, I, how are we going to do any of this? Then they'll say, we'll help you. Yeah, but do they ever, do house guests ever really help? They say, oh, well, let us do the dishes. Yeah, and you can't, I mean, no. you can't let them do that. No, because it screws up everything after they leave. Then you're, for months, you're finding plates with food caked on it and all kind of gunk because they didn't, they didn't do it up to you. They can do their own laundry, though. Yeah. Well, listen, if a guest is there long enough to have to do laundry, yeah. they're there too long. <laughs> That's right. If you didn't bring enough clothes to wear for your short stay, uh, you're out go, of underwear? Yeah, too bad. Yeah, exactly. Go to Walmart. Go home. If you're out of underwear, it's time to go home. It's it really. Uh, we can't, you know, we're not going to be, I'm not I'm not giving you a fluff and fold service along with breakfast in bed. You just, you just got to go. From the 847, my uncle many years ago would go to the door, open it, and say, thanks for coming and thanks for going. It worked. Oh, <laughs> Wow. That's something you can do when you're like, you know, a grandpa. You know, somebody... That's that's what. Oh, isn't Uncle Jim funny? The way he says that thing. You know, if I opened the door and did that, people go, "What a jerk! Why would he even invite us over? <laughs> Tossing us up before we even walked in the door." So you, that's one of those privileges of age where you can get away with stuff like that because you know it's just fun. Uh, ask them if they'd like coffee for the road. That's that's one of the pieces of, of advice. Actually, they say on the day they're supposed to be leaving. Offer them a last cup of coffee or a drink. Hey, do you need one more cup of coffee before you go? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to. Hey, yeah, you're going. One more cup of coffee. Um, rip it off like a Band-Aid and just tell them, get the, uh, get the blank out. 
All right. Boy, I thought you were going to read that. One. No, I can't. Come <laughs> Stop! on, Mary. Mary. I'm Miller. You're a professional. I, I, well, let's let's not go crazy over the holidays, but it's, there's certain things I know. Uh, ask them where they're staying and that you'd love to meet up for dinner. That's another good one. Um, so there's a lot of ways. All right. Let's see. Oh, somebody, somebody's got a grandpa story. Karen wants to share. Hello, Karen. Hi. You know, this was mostly for, um, I guess, family, you know, family and close friends. But whenever my grandpa, who was working still in the 1950s and early 60s, you know, if he had to work the next day, apparently at midnight or whatever, he would just take out his, you know, clock that you still wound, you know, at uh, and bring it to the table where they were playing cards <laughs> or doing whatever. And he would set the, t- the, the clock, like, and that everybody kind of got the, the hint that, okay, it's time to go home. You know, we got to work the next day or whatever, so... Very nice. Well, that's listen, that is a good hint. And there's a lot of people who will do have to work on the 26th, you know? And oh, absolutely. You can't, yeah. you know, all of a sudden it gets to be 11 or 12. It's like, all right, listen, I don't want to be rude, but you got to go. You got to go. So do you, do you right. keep... And he didn't say, he didn't have to say a word. He right. just brought out his alarm clock that you wound up. You know, it's, it's, you set it up. You know, a long time ago, that's, yes, yep. set it up and people got this in. Now, do you, have you carried yeah. on this tradition, Karen? Do you have a wind up alarm clock that you bring out at the holidays? No, uh-huh. I I wish I had a wind up. Maybe I should have asked Anna for one. There that, you go. That would have been a great great idea. <laughs> it might work out. Well, Merry Christmas. Thanks for the call, Karen. Take Merry care. Bye bye. Thank you. Uh, Dean Martin, according to the seven hundred eight, would disappear upstairs to his bedroom, lie in his bed, and call nine one one to complain about a large party. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like that man. I don't know what's going on at this house, but things are crazy. Can you send the cops over? I'll be upstairs. Or just they just, just go to bed. See, right. See, I'm going to bed. <laughs> oh, we've uh, have you ever, have you ever been that. at a house where yeah, where you just where's so and so? Oh, they went to bed an hour ago. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, I guess we'll let ourselves out. <laughs> yeah. No, you won't. Yes, you will. We'll let ourselves out. Yeah, we're not cleaning up though. <laughs> all right, let's do this, and then we have a, we have another Christmas uh, potential landmine. If you're going to be playing, be playing games with your family, we'll do uh, that after the news, which comes after this on WGN. All right. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. Things are a little crazy on uh, on Christmas Eve, as you can imagine. After 11 o'clock, if you are going to a uh, last-minute holiday dinner, or the dinner was planned, the celebration was planned, you're just very last-minute, and you're like, oh, you know what I'll do? I'll grab a bottle of wine, but I don't know anything about wine. Well, that's why we're here to help you. Belinda Chang will come in after 11, and she will give you some great tips for some holiday wine gifts. That'll be a lot of fun. Always good to talk to Belinda. Uh, I love Ryan. i got to give you some kudos. I loved your Reindeer Games bags line. That was very uh, that was very good. Thank you. I like it. You ever it. played bags before on Christmas? No. No, I don't think any of us have, so we can just try it. I, listen, try it. I couldn't be happier. I know there's people who are weeping because we're not freezing and there's not going to be snow. I am not one of those people. Christmas jarts could be a thing. It's terrific. The <laughs> uh, We lived in California for a while, and I the only thing I missed about Christmas in Chicago was seeing my family. But we would call... And I, we'd talk for about three minutes, and then uh, we were good. <laughs> and then I just enjoy the warm. There's nothing better than Christmas with the windows open and a nice breeze blowing through. You're like, oh, this is not bad. It so sounds I'm weird. It seemed this this feels weird, doesn't it? It feels off. No. I don't know. You, you you like this? No, I don't, I don't mind know. it. I because see, the decorations are all up, and for me, you know, driving around the neighborhood and seeing the lights and stuff, it's just it's the same as if it's cold. 
but at least now there's no snow covering up. You know, you you get people who do the inflatables and they let them deflate during the day. Yeah. And then the snow comes and the the inflatables only come kind of halfway up and they look like the toxic Avenger trying to rise out of the sludge. Oh. It's not. It's not good. Well, it's not Christmas without helping Grandma and Grandpa over the the small ice patch on the sidewalk <laughs> leading up to your home. It's not Christmas without trying to fit the kid into the little snowmobile suit and then tuck them away into their their car seat. I mean, that's Christmas right there. Losing gloves. This is yes. this is going to be suntan weather here. Well, this is debating if you even need to wear a coat. Yeah, that's I love it. Did you speaking of the snowsuit? Did you see the sketch last week on Saturday Night Live, oh, the fake Macy's goodness. commercial? Fantastic! Where they were trying to jam the kid into the into absolutely the car fantastic. The 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 husband and wife oh. bickering. It's on the wrong foot. Why well, if you you're not going it? to help, yeah. then <laughs> maybe You've I should tell twist. my mother we're not coming. Yeah, and <laughs> everybody with kids went. That is, wow. Yep. It was like they were looking in your window and our souls. Yes, and and mocking both. So it's good. Well, again, kudos on the uh, kudos on the joke. Very nice, nicely played. I delivered it well. Yep, thank you. You did deliver you set it well. It up. You teed uh, me up, my friend. I don't know about that. Uh, hold on, I dropped something. Here we go. Now, if you're like a lot of people, as your family gets together over the next few days, you will be playing games. Um, growing up, we were not a big board game or card game family. When we would all get together, there were too many of us, and a lot of people were drinking, so games you know, were secondary. It was mostly sitting around the, uh, you know, my mom and dad's dining room table and talking. But my wife comes from a family where they played cards all the time. Any holiday get-together, they played Euchre. And now, uh, in the past few years, we've started adding game night to our holidays, too. So people will come over, and we'll play games, and it's a lot of fun. And we picked up a couple new games this year that I'm looking forward to trying out. Ooh, uh, are you trying out Wingspan? No, what is wingspan? I don't know. We, I went. Well, here's <laughs> I the thing. My, my wife and I went to. Uh, we went to. We live in the northwest suburbs. We went to Dirty Nellies there in Palatine, and we saw this big game going on. All these people huddled around this table playing inside of the bar, and we said, "What is that?" They're like all these birdhouses they're setting up, and they said, "Oh, it's a new oh. game called Wingspan." And so I actually went to the library and I checked it out, and I'm going to bring it. We're going up north. I'm going to okay. bring it, and we're going to try to learn it. it. Sounds like it's a new fun game. You checked a game out at the library? I did we get Look it for two? weeks i don't want to invest in it if i don't like it it sounds like a dumb bird game but it might be a fun bird game i don't know (laughs) sounds like a dumb bird game i'll just get it at the library (laughs) i didn't even know that was possible look at you that's why you're an award-winning journalist and i'm just sitting here flapping my gums the drunk people who are playing seem to be having a lot of fun and they told me it's all about building bird communities i'm sure you're going to start seeing tweets and and, uh, text messages about wingspan but sounds like it's uh, become a pretty popular game i have a hard enough time building people communities i don't know if i want to get into the bird community uh, (laughs) deal too but it sounds like fun we've got a new one uh where it's you you try to figure out it's it's an adult more an adult game where the lots of smoking involved smoking and shots yes it's it's mostly just i'm making up the rules as i go along every time every time somebody crosses their legs you have to take a shot every time somebody takes a breath you take their shot no it's we used to play those games in college yes exactly Mm -hmm. they the words are kind of mixed up the letters and it's uh, little phrases like uh not really off color dirty but like that's what she said or those kind of things i sure. can't remember the name of it but that's uh that's the one up oh, we're getting text love 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 wingspan there we go there you go so i haven't played it i have no idea how to play it but we're gonna find out all right well after the holidays we need to uh we need to get a, an update on that plus i love that you can get games at the at the library yeah for two weeks and then it's their problem so i can lose all the pieces and then give it right back
I wonder how that works. Because you know if somebody checks out Candyland, uh, their kids are, are losing some of the cards or something. Yeah. Shoots and ladders. Yeah, that's... A puzzle. A 500-piece puzzle. <laughs> you, only, you, you only return back 499. That's the key. <laughs> and then some poor person is scouring their house because they're missing one piece, not knowing that the Burrow family fed it to the dog uh, inadvertently. Well, it's, it's always fun, right, to play games. But if you're like most people, if you are like most people, Almost 9 in 10 are going to play games. Of those people, a vast majority are going to end up in a family squabble. Fights will ensue during family game night. Has this happened? I don't know. Not to you? No. No, well, you see. It it doesn't really happen for us because at some point, over Thanksgiving, we played sorry. And... uh, you know, I, I was noticing that my wife and daughter took exceptional glee when they would pull a sorry card. Uh, and how do they say sorry? Because you got to, you can't just say I'm sorry. You 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 have to really stretch it out. Stretch. They would stretch it out, like you said, or sometimes they'd just give you the look and a little smirk, which is even worse. Sure, it's even worse than verbalizing the sorry when they just stare. They just give you that <laughs> sucker, and then they knock. And they don't even they don't even like move your piece for you or let you move the piece. They just knock your piece over with their piece. That's a, that's aggressive. That's an aggressive sorry move. That's when you say, you know what? Take your cell phone, go to a different room. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Family game night is over. How about that? Do you feel like we bonded? <laughs> Everything good for you now? Everything fine? All right. Tell your story. Walking. Hit the bricks. Uh, two-thirds of people, in fact, that were surveyed said their family games had ended in an argument, and a small minority of respondents said that they had broken up with a romantic partner over a game. I find, first of all, if your relationship is that fragile, you need to reevaluate that relationship. Because if you're, if, you know, you're playing Sorry or Wingspan or whatever game you're playing, and it leads to you breaking up, I have a feeling that there were some some problems beforehand. That, that seems like a safe bet. You know, they blame it on cheating. Pictionary can screw up families, I tell you. Well, that's because... Bad you, drawing. Bad drawing. Yeah, yeah I hated. Go. I hated that game. <laughs> and I also... I, I also hate charades, or there was there was somewhere you had to like the famous people game where you'd pick the the name of a famous person and you have to kind of get uh, the person to to guess who it is. It's kind of like verbal charades, but you're giving hints. That one always bothered me too because sometimes you realize that the people you love that you think have have it all together, they're not always that bright. You're like, really? You don't know who Buster Keaton is? Stop it. This is, <laughs> this is what board games do. They bring out the best and worst in everyone. That is a, that's exactly that's exactly what they do. They make me they make me very very angry. Uh, so so people will break up over a game. One of the most common reasons, like I said, was cheating, and that seems to be a problem with men because fifty one percent of wait, men what? what's that cheating 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 cheating, okay. cheating in the game gotcha cheating in okay. the game because I can imagine that would break up some relationships as well. Yes, well, the yeah. che- yes, if you're cheating on your on your partner, that's that's a thing. But if you're cheating at a board game, again, there's probably some other there's probably some other problems if you're cheating at a board game. Uh, but fifty one percent of men claim to have cheated compared to one third. Of women, so thirty-three percent of women claim to have cheated in a game. I thought, I thought you stopped cheating when you were once you were past six. You know, six-year-olds always try to get over on you when you're playing a game. They pretend they can't count or they do something else, and it's like eh, then you have to call them out. And what do you do? You know, do you 
do you bust them? You have to because of those six-year-olds. Because then those six-year-olds turn into cheaters on the golf courses when they become adults. Yes. Oh, I could just move it with my foot. No, yeah. you can't. No, you can't. And or it, it all got in put into their brain because they were cheating in shoots and ladders. Exactly. Yep. And mom and dad let them. We have enabled a generation of cheaters. Boy, Merry Christmas. That's a nice message. Do you? Let, speaking of that, now when you're playing games with little kids, do you let them win, Ryan? No. No, of course. Okay, good. I lose at everything else. I'm not going to let some <laughs> punk kid beat me. <laughs> some punk kid. Whether he's my own punk kid or a stranger down the street that I got into a game of Parcheesi with, everybody loses. You rolled a one, you rolled a one. I'm not going to make it a six. Exactly. I, yeah, I can't help it that I pulled the right card and now I'm in. You know, that it's I my want. property. You owe me. It says so right here on my deed. But why? I don't want to yep. play this Sorry. game anymore. Like, go sit down. Go, go turn on your iPad. I'm done with you. I wash my hands of you. Goodbye. Yeah, you can't let kids... And I know people do. And I, you know, when they're really little, like two or three, whatever games you're playing with two or three-year-olds, I'll cut them some slack. But once you're in school and you're follow, you, know, you have to follow directions in school, then it's time to follow directions in the game, too. Now, that I can see that being an argument during family game night. Little kids wanting to win and getting upset when they don't. Well, and you know what happens. Grandma and Grandpa don't help. Yeah, oh, no. Come on. You, you weren't nice to me when I was a kid. Why are you being nice to them all of a sudden, right? Isn't that amazing? Right? Uh, it is, and it's... I'm Listen, I look forward to being that Grandpa someday. Where... <laughs> Right. Now I'm the bad guy, right? right? Why did you do this? Because I saw it with my dad. I see it with my mom and my, you know, people change. Because grandkids, you can give back. You don't get the, you don't get the, um, you don't get all the static if your grandkid turns out horrible. That lands on the parents. So when the parents, the parents have to be very strict. They have to, you know, really pay attention to the rules. Grandparents, eh, whatever. If it, you know, if I spoil them, I give them back. Then mom and dad have to deal with them. If I let them win all the time in my house, well, when they go home and they, you know, have a temper tantrum because they lost, that's just the way it goes. Uh, all right, let's see. Games can bring out competitive sides. One in three people claim that they were the most competitive member of the family. I always want to win when I'm playing, even when I'm playing with my wife and daughter. I want to, I want to win the game and win big, right? Uh, listen, sometimes I like to just eke it out at the last minute. I like a, you know, a three pointer at the buzzer is good enough for me. A win's a win. 15% of the people uh, playing games simply because they love to win. Uh, f- almost a third of adults saying some of their best childhood memories involve playing games with their family. That's very nice. And it's good for all the family. Uh, studies say that playing board games are useful for helping young children develop their spatial reasoning ability, while the likes of cards and board games can help adults stay sharp in their old age. So there you go. I think it helps with uh, having kids learn to lose, too. I really do. It does. I mean, you know, they don't like to lose, and it doesn't feel good, and they might stomp off and cry, but, you know, that's okay. Yes, at some point point you do have to learn that that's that's just the way it is. Now, when the adults are stomping off and crying... (laughs) Well, you know, let's... I'm expecting birds to go flying during wingspan. I I can't wait to see. Thing might end up in the fireplace. We'll see. Uh, Somebody, the the same person who texted in that they love the game said the the woman who created is from Columbia, Maryland. Wingspan. So you'll be tapping trees for syrup and making birdhouses. This sounds like a fantastic game. It sounds like a Cub Scout patch. Yes, I don't know. Maybe you'll get a merit badge if you're lucky. (laughs) All right, let's do this. Then there's more. It's WGN.
Brian Noonan in for John Williams. It's time for one of my favorite Christmas classics. It's something we uh, recorded here a while ago. Maybe you'll recognize a voice or two on this. Uh, it comes from an editorial that was published in 1897. Back in 1897, eight-year-old Virginia O'Hanlon wrote a letter to the New York Sun, which is a newspaper, Yasmin. Yasmin, very young. She probably doesn't even, uh, didn't even know 1897 actually existed at one point. It did. I was in kindergarten. It was wonderful. Uh, so... This letter comes into the New York Sun, and veteran newsman Francis Farcellus Church read it, and he wrote this unsigned editorial, and it has become history's most reprinted newspaper editorial, appearing in part or whole in dozens of languages, in books, movies, and other editorials, and on posters and stamps. And so every year I like to play, yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. Dear Editor, I am eight years old. Some of my little friends say that there is no Santa Claus. Papa says if you see it in the sun, it's so. Please tell me the truth. Is there a Santa Claus? Virginia O'Hanlon, 115 West 95th Street. Virginia, your little friends are wrong. They've been affected by the skepticism of a skeptical age. They do not believe except what they see. They think that nothing can be which is not comprehensible by their little minds. All minds, Virginia, whether they be men's or children's, are little. In this great universe of ours, man is a mere insect, an ant in his intellect, as compared with the boundless world around him, as measured by the intelligence capable of grasping the whole of truth and knowledge. Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. He exists as certainly as love and generosity and devotion exist. And you know that they abound and give to your life its highest beauty and joy. Alas, how dreary would the world be if there were no Santa Claus. It would be as dreary as if there were no Virginias. There would be no childlike faith then, no poetry, no romance to make tolerable this existence. We should have no enjoyment except in sense and sight. The eternal light with which childhood fills the world would be extinguished. Not believe in Santa Claus. You might as well not believe in fairies. You might get your papa to hire men to watch over all the chimneys on Christmas Eve to catch Santa Claus, but even if they did not see Santa Claus coming down, what would that prove? Nobody sees Santa Claus, but that is no sign that there is no Santa Claus. The most real things in the world are those that neither children nor men can see. Do you ever see fairies dancing on the lawn? Of course not. But that's no proof they're not there. Nobody can conceive or imagine all the wonders that are unseen and unseeable in the world. You may tear apart the baby's rattle and see what makes the noise inside, but there is a veil covering the unseen world, which not the strongest man, nor even the united strength of all the strongest men that ever lived, could tear apart. Only faith, fancy, poetry, love, romance can push aside that curtain and view and picture the supernal beauty and glory beyond. Is it all real? Ah, Virginia, in all this world, there is nothing else real and abiding. No Santa Claus. Thank God he lives, and he lives forever. A thousand years from now, Virginia, nay, ten thousand years from now, he will continue to make glad the heart of childhood. There you go. 
Yes, Virginia, there is a Santa Claus. So for the parents of kids who are dealing with, you know, going to school and having uh, other kids say things to the contrary, well, you know, just uh, read that to them. You can find it anywhere. It's one of those things. And uh, full disclosure, full disclosure, uh, that was my daughter reading the part of Virginia back years ago when she was quite young. And a former newsman here at WGN, Christopher Michael, was reading. Uh, I knew it was him. Yes, it was Christopher Michael. I, I recognize that voice. That was back when we were on overnights, and uh, Molly came in. We recorded that, I think, well, six, seven years ago. So she was much younger, and uh, she came in and did that. And so every year, every year she hears that. And it's funny, I tell people, uh, you know, oh, we're going to play Yes, Virginia. And people are like, so younger people now, Mary, you know what it is. Uh, you've heard that before, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Uh, yeah, younger people have no idea. I told no, somebody they yesterday don't. they looked at me like uh, you know a dog looking at a fan. They <laughs> they had no idea. I was like, well, it's been around for a long time. It's a big Christmas tradition. Um, you know, no. Yeah, we never really played it at my house, so my kids aren't familiar with it at all. Yeah, I think you know. I remember it growing up. Right. Uh, and hearing about it. And I know it's been, there was a cartoon made of it. I didn't see any of that stuff. I just, you know how some things, especially around the holidays, some things get into your head and they stay there your whole life and all of a sudden they become part of the tradition. So it wasn't like, it wasn't like we read it or played it when I was growing up. It was just, it was just kind of there. You know, people talked about it and it came up every year around Christmas time. But, you know, there's another one that we're going to do later that I know. A lot of people do, and Orion used to do it all the time, uh, so we're going to hear a little uh, night before Christmas before we get out of here at noon, but, um, you know, some people don't care for the, care for this kind of uh, schmaltzy Christmas stuff, and that's okay. That's why it's, you know, now it's over. We move on. It's uh, We will talk some traditions, too, later, because that is, um, for me, being here with, uh, with you on WGN over the past few years, that's been one of our Christmas traditions, and uh, I, you know... It's like when Dave Plyer had his children in, which was lovely, and uh, the Cardinal. Everybody's got their own traditions, and this was uh, this is one of ours. So we'll see. I told yesterday. I said to Molly, "I go, hey, I'm going to do uh, play your Yes, Virginia again," and she rolled her eyes. Oh, what do you want to? She goes, "I did that. So, I did that when I was so young." I go, "Yeah, because it's supposed to be an eight year old girl. It's called acting." She she rolled her eyes like she wanted to come back in and re-record it. She wants to digitally remaster her performance. Mary, can you believe the ego? It just seems <laughs> seems a little much. I'm like, no, this is this is how it was. You don't go back and you know, we don't redo the little rascals because they've gotten older or died. That's right. You when know? she did the part, she was that eight. Well, how old was she when she did that? She, she was uh, eight. Was she? No, she was in high school. Maybe. Oh, third, okay. Third, how old is she now? She was maybe fourteen. Maybe when she did it. She did a really good 15. job. Well, listen, she it's in the genes, Mary. No. The performance, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that she doesn't know when to close her mouth, she gets that from <laughs> one of her parents. I'm not sure which one, but uh, we'll figure it out. All right, let's do this. Then it'll be news time. It's WGN. Some people have been uh, texting in asking if the Yes, Virginia recording is available anywhere on the website. I will post it to the Brian Noonan Show Facebook page uh, later today after I get home. So uh, if you uh, enjoyed that and you want to play it for somebody, we'll, I'll put it up on the Facebook page and you can uh, you can can listen to that at your leisure so thank you for asking i am looking forward to uh, my guest on the other side of the news i always look forward to guests but this is one of my favorites belinda chang is going to be here if you are running around and you're thinking oh i gotta get a bottle of wine for somebody but i don't know anything about wine do i just go in and uh, blindly grab a bottle off the shelf hold on don't don't do anything 
At least wait till after the news. Belinda will help you out. That's her thing. She knows everything about wine. That's not an exaggeration. It's not hyperbole. This woman knows it, and she is willing to share the information with you. So we will get to that on the other side. Then we'll talk some uh, Christmas Christmas Eve traditions and a whole lot more in the final hour of the big broadcast. (laughs) Yasmeet is very impatient. Yes, it's time to go to the newsroom. Brian Noonan in for John Williams, 720 WGN. Uh, I am always excited to welcome my guest into the studio. She is uh, she is as bubbly as the effervescent wine that she brings in. I love talking to Belinda Chang. If you want to know anything about sparkling wines, champagne, wine in general, living your best entertaining life, Belinda Chang is the woman to talk to. Uh, her website, BelindaChang.com. Welcome. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. It is great to see you. You always... You can't not be happy in your presence. <laughs> oh, you you come in you. and I, I'm, my mood is immediately elevated. And then the fact that you bring me some homemade treats takes my mood even that much higher. So <laughs> so thank you very much. It's my pleasure. Well, I have two nieces in town. So, of course, we had to do some cookie oh, decorating yes. all day yesterday. And I think that my apartment might never recover. <laughs> I have glittery balls of sugar <laughs> underfoot everywhere. However, it was so much fun. That's part of that's part of the fun. Yeah. You, you know, so in January, all of a sudden you go, where did the sugar come from <laughs> what is oh, that yeah. crackling sound <laughs> why am i still walking on but sugar it's okay as long as there's a glass of champagne to accompany i'm exactly. delighted <laughs> now agree with me or not i like a dessert with some some champagne or a nice sparkling wine oh, yeah, i think it's absolutely. a it's a Beautiful accompaniment. That's the fun of it. There's so many different styles of wine. I bought a couple for us to taste today and no champagne. So you might be a little shocked. Very good. They do have something bubbly. But even champagne comes in so many different styles from very, very dry with zero grams per liter residual sugar. That's a technical term for a wine that it has no sweetness whatsoever. sounds very, very technical. Right. And then all the way up to a sweet dessert style where, you know, every glass is going to be like Moscato (laughs) Dosti, but even sweeter. So you can just have liquid dessert with champagne sometimes as well. Now people are going to panic because they've waited until the last minute. They <laughs> oh, know no. they know they were going to a party tonight. That's they, they've known right. it for weeks, and they they thought, you know what, I'm going to bring I'm going to bring the host or hostess some wine. That'll be a nice thing. And <laughs> yes. now it's eleven fifteen on Christmas Eve, and they're like, uh oh, I didn't do anything. You know what? The wine shops can save your day, That's... as can our favorite grocery stores. Like Mariano's has a super fantastic wine they do, selection. Don't they? they really do a great job with that. I also have some really kind of small family owned wine shops that I love in town. There's one in Roscoe Village called Bitter Pops, okay. which also has an amazing beer can selection, wine can selection, oh, wow. and wine bottle selection. Wine can. Now that's something I've seen it around. I'm not, and I know you brought some with. So let, let's talk about this because I <laughs> like to me wine in a can is something that I would drink in high school in the back of a parking lot. It just so, it sounds like that, and I'm probably completely wrong. People are taking it super seriously right now. So there are some great high quality oh, wines and cans, and I think it's just such a smart way to do it so (laughs) i brought one of my favorites it's a sparkling pink rosé wine called nomakai my friend connor drexler runs this company they call it a california fizzy rosé a california fizzy yeah now i love too that you're i love too that you were drinking it out of a straw that seems that seems very high class i love (laughs) it i mean this is perfect pool wine you don't want to deal with glass shattering all over your pool it's easy it's portable you can i 
I threw these in the freezer. I'm not going to lie really? to give them a good bit of chill, just like cool. we did with our Capri Suns for our school sure. lunches back in the day. And then you can just put a bunch of these in your purse <laughs> or and, your purse, as it were. <laughs> and just head right off to rehab. Yeah. Uh, with a purse it's full of canned and wine. Refreshing. It Sometimes is... you need to take the edge off. It's the holidays. There's a lot of family around. Now, you're, you're an expert on all this. If I bring, do one, how are they packaged? And two, if I bring this, do I look? Do I look? Will I be judged less than if I bring a bottle? Because it tastes. Oh, it tastes. I think this makes you at the good. cutting edge of fashion and ah, sh- drinking chic. <laughs> that I like. Because canned wines are a really big thing. They're coming from all parts of the world, and a lot of them from California, using really high quality grapes. And you don't have to like think too hard about it. You don't have to search for a corkscrew at your right. mom's house. You know, which always happens to me. I forget <laughs> to bring one, and who knows? I just figured the... <laughs> you would have one in a holster. I didn't right. figure you were constantly. Prepared. Well, I always get them taken away when I go to the airport. <laughs> And so I've lost quite a few of them that way. But, you know, this is it's so easy to go from can, that fun sound when you open it, it and then fun. put in a straw, and there you are. <sighs> now, is there, how does the can, because I know, uh, know in the past we've talked about bottles and, and the corks and screw yeah. tops and all that. Does the can affect the wine in any way, or are they, or are they pr- making no. the wine to counteract any of that yeah well these are definitely all drink young styles so okay. you know that's even another sort of challenging thing about wine so i brought you a bottle of cabernet but mm-hmm. a lot of people when they get a bottle of cabernet from napa valley they think uh should i drink it now should i put yes. it in the cellar do i have to google it to figure out what to do what am <laughs> i doing should i decant it all these wines in the cans are all designed for a drink now you know Perfect. grab it from the shelves at your favorite wine shop put it into the fridge for a little bit i put it in the refrigerator and then in the freezer to quick chill because I had to run over here, and then you just pop it open, and it's going to be something that's just delicious. So this is Nomakai, and this is yeah. the California Rose Fizzy. Yeah. Is there what other what other types do they do they make? That they you make would all recommend? kinds of fun things. So they have a still red, they have a still white, and they also do canned gin and tonics. Which oh. I don't know about you, but I am a big gin and tonic fan, yeah, especially when it's warm. That's yeah, nice. you just supply your own lime, and the okay. whole thing's ready <laughs> to go. But you can also pour it into really gorgeous cut crystal glassware. It just makes entertaining a lot easier. It just makes self-care a lot yeah. easier <laughs> it's just super convenient mm-hmm. so this is this is the newest thing yeah. get get yourself don't be afraid of the canned wine is no, what we're, what don't. We're there, there are so many great high quality producers and nobakai is one but you'll find lots of them out there and mm-hmm. find all these new favorites yeah and most of the most of the good wine places and even even as you mentioned some of the grocery stores if yeah. you ask they'll be able to tell oh that this yeah is- where the canned wines are it's also an interesting thing for my friends who like to go on boats and boat rides and things yes. like that because you know you Again, it's another place where you don't want to have any glass around if you can avoid it. So you just, you know, a big cooler of canned wine. You know, especially me, I, like I love it. beer, but I find beer to be really filling. Uh, I prefer to sip on wine. So, you know, fill yourself up a cooler of canned wine and you're good to go. Right. And the can is like one serving. F- so you don't have yeah. to, you know exactly. Look at the pile of cans. Yeah. Then you know how much <laughs> wine you drink. That's that's the perfect. <laughs> Belinda Chang is here. We're talking about some last minute wine that you can take to any party or just sit at home under the tree or sit at home and stare at a blank wall. It doesn't matter. You can enjoy good wine anywhere. More with Belinda on the other side. It's WGN. Belinda Chang is with me. Uh, always fun to see Belinda. She knows everything there is about wine. There's no two ways about it. If uh, if you want to argue with me, uh, you can't. I'll sit at a card table. You can't convince me otherwise. <laughs> BelindaChang.com is her website. Uh, so we talked about canned wine. This is yeah. this would be fun. If you're running out, uh, even if you're just getting together with friends for a holiday dinner, this is a great 
a great thing. It makes great decor, too. I made a Christmas tree out of canned wine once and just sort of strung it with lights. It felt really environmentally friendly, and there were no pine needles falling all over my floor. Very nice. (laughs) So let's, but let let's take it up a notch because some people will say that that's a great idea. But I'm going uh, the the party I'm going to. They would they would be too snooty, which is <laughs> oh, a mistake. No, they you would have want to beware. right. I don't want to hang out with snooty people, but you know there are. Be- so if I were going to go with a little more decadent, like reds are great this time of year. I love yes. a nice a nice heavy red. Yes. Um, where where could we go? Give us a couple yeah. recommendations. So I think on that. red is so great when it's cool weather, or you know, it just feels like a great hug yes. <laughs> when you have a glass of great red wine. So I brought two of my favorites for this year's holiday. So one style is a Pinot Noir. So you know, it's a mm. thin skin grape. So those are kind of lighter, brighter styles of red wine, right. and it's from my friend's winery called Luli, which is owned by the Bassoni family. They're iconic Pinot Noir producers in the mm. Santa Lucia Highlands. So they're Ooh. in the Central Coast region of California, okay. and they make these like juicy, zingy, delicious styles of Pinot Noir. And then if you want to do kind of that richer, fuller bodied, you know, you're the people and who love and have friends who just really love Cabernet Sauvignon, then you just yeah. have to go for it because yes. it's the holidays. And I brought one from my friends at Matthiasen Winery. They kind of invented this whole like natural organic wine thing in California, and they make delicious wines that are all environmentally conscious and sustainable and, you know, all the good stuff, doing okay. good for the world. Nice. So they have a new wine called the Village Napa Valley Cabernet, which is made from several different vineyards. Oh. You can find it in the store for about 40 bucks. So That's it's definitely bad. a little decadent, but man, it's like an A++ Cabernet Sauvignon from California that's going to wow everyone. You're going to look it. really impressive. You for the holidays, you drive. You know, you spend maybe maybe normally you don't spend that, but it's the yeah, holidays. And yeah. now, when I see a lot with reds with blends and things, and you yeah. say now these are coming from grapes from all different, uh, different all different vineyards. Yes, does that? Obviously, it changes the complexity of the wine. Yeah, and how are they? How are they deciding? Well, this vineyard has this type of grape, and it, it will really work well with this type. How does that it's process go? It's a great go? question. I think that's where all the artistry comes in in making the wine. So sometimes you have grapes in one single vineyard where wow, they just really have something to say, and not because you're getting a little boozy. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you the wine talk to but, me. Um, you know, sometimes you have you harvest grapes in one vineyard, and they're just really unique and really spectacular in a particular year, and so you want to kind of harness that expression and put all the grapes from one single vineyard into one bottle sometimes you're trying to make a more consistent style you know you have fans of your wines and you just want to make sure that they get delivered this flavor profile and this style that they really love so you can achieve that by getting grapes from a lot of different vineyards and blending them together i think a really great sort of um synonym for this is that you're a chef and you're making a soup okay you want to make the soup taste exactly the same every time but sometimes the carrots taste a little different or the celery is a little different or the meat that you're going to put in and is a little different so you have to change the balance and you have to change the ratios to get the end flavor that you want to share so so these multiple vineyard wines are just as delicious and wonderful as the ones where all the grapes are from one vineyard so when you see when you see wines that are blends it doesn't mean that one one grape was inferior to another it's just they've taken these styles of wines and they've whether it's the the grapes from the vineyard or you know i've got uh, i don't know Whatever the blend is. You know, I have red blends a lot. Yeah. And they're all really good. But I think at first I was like, oh, is it? 
was this style not good enough, so yeah. they blended it with that, and that's a mistake. It's right? an art. It's just like blended scotches, right? Yes. There's a just master distiller who has an amazing palate and knows how to put together all the different scotches from the different barrels to make something that's going to end up in our glass and make us really happy and jolly. <laughs> so the one we were just talking about was about forty. What was yeah. the what was the and first the, one that the you mentioned? Luli is in the twenty dollar range at your store, okay. and I think for a really world class Pinot Noir, that's a pretty spectacular deal. Yeah. Pinot Noir is notoriously one of the top grapes and one of the most cantankerous grapes there are to grow. <laughs> I like a cantankerous grape. <laughs> right? You know, when you go to the wine section in your grocery <laughs> store or your wine store, the bottom shelf is usually the most entry-level and reasonably priced wines. Right. I mean, there's fantastic wines at five ninety nine these days. It's pretty rare to find a Pinot Noir down there okay. just because, you know, I call it a pita. It's a real pain in the <laughs> mm-hmm. fill in the blank to grow these grapes to make a delicious wine. So to find something at a great price is, I think, really remarkable and special. So so this is a great bottle to share. I hope you'll share it. I, well, I'm definitely sharing it. <laughs> or uh, not. I mean, well, I hope you... <laughs> I got a long ride home. No, <laughs> definitely. I'm, I'm already thinking, well, when can we when can we pop this That's open? That's right. Uh, what, what do you attribute the fact that now, as you said, you can find really nice wine for... Yeah. 10 bucks or under. Yeah. Uh, why is that now? Because for years that was not the case. If you bought a $5 bottle of wine, it was like, why not don't you just delicious. get a pa- pla- paper bag and sit on the curb? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it's advances in technology, to be honest. You know, a lot of these big wineries, there are laboratories and technicians, and not because there's any kind of Frankenstein stuff going on. It's more that they're <laughs> checking, <laughs> you know, volatile acidity levels. There's a lot of kind of chemistry that goes on in making wine, and they're just checking to make sure that the process is famously, you know, being executed. And also there's a lot less use of chemicals in the vineyard, which uh, oddly makes everything cleaner, (laughs) right? And more stable, which is really great. So yeah, I'm I'm really happy to know that there are delicious wines and I taste everything at every price level all the time. Well, I remember, I think last year you were in here raving about the champagne at Aldi's. Yeah, it's fantastic. Trader Joe's has a great one as well. I mean, it's really a great time to be a wine drinker. I mean, not that it ever wasn't, but... (laughs) It's always. Let me ask you this, because a lot of people, uh, I see them decanting their wines. Yes. And I know, you know, it looks cool. Yes. Does it make, for the layman, does it make a big difference? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I think it makes you look impressive. Well, sure. (laughs) It's all about appearances with people, Linda. You You know know that. When you go to Italy, there are some restaurants where they have such old vintages of Barolo red wines that you have to call in advance so they can decant it a couple hours in advance for you. Really? So that it will taste at its optimum deliciousness level. So, yes, decanting can absolutely do something great for a big red wine. If you think about it, some of these bottles that we open have been stuck in a bottle for the wines have been stuck for five, 10, 15 years. Right. So they've been kind of oxygen starved, if you will. Okay. So if you get them into a decanter, just the act of pouring into a glass jug or whatever you happen to have handy will add a lot of oxygen into the wine okay. and sort of aerate it, oxygenate it. And then it really brings out the aromas, which you might miss if the wine's not decanted and huh. also kind of flesh out the flavors and what happens on the palate. So it's a good thing right. to do, decanting. All right, we will decant. Uh, before I let you go, because as I mentioned, you are the expert when it comes to champagne and bubbly and sparkly. Thank you. Uh, your personality and wine. <laughs> give give somebody, uh, give us a, a sparkling wine quick recommendation if people if that's what people are looking for sure. as they're heading out today. 
absolutely. I'm super into kava right now. I think everybody knows Prosecco really well, and right. there's some great ones out there. There's a producer called Reventos that makes a pretty fantastic kava. Okay. That black bottle that you find everywhere, fresh in yes. the black and gold. Hey, listen, I've drunk my body weight many times <laughs> in that, and I, I think, think it's we have a really delicious. Put it in a fun, fancy glass, and you have something okay. pretty spectacular. So I think there's so many great sparklings. I love Chandon, which is from California. There's some cool pet nat. Everybody's into this Petillon Naturel, uh-huh. which is like the edgy, cool, hipster sparkling wine. You can find wow. lots of great ones out there. Pet there's net? Yes, there's a pink wine called Juice Exile. Ooh. All right. <laughs> and you'll find that out in the stores for you know 20 bucks, and it's a oh, delicious nice. pink sparkler with just like a hint of fruitiness. Okay. And I'm really loving that one, and that will make you like the most chic drinker in the crew. All right. I have to stop <laughs> on my way home because I, I need to be chic. That's, that's pretty much so the, the, now are you still are you still um Tatage, is that still if people oh, are going yeah. out and they want a bottle of champagne? That's grab, my favorite grab, that's for the, the sort of bigger houses. Yeah. You know, we call all the people who produce champagne champagne maison oh, or champagne gosh. houses. And I think they do a spectacular non vintage, a spectacular rose. And then if you want to be really crazy and do like a mortgage payment champagne (laughs) they make one called Comte de Champagne and they make it with all Chardonnay grapes or they make one that's rosé that's fun and you can find it in old vintages you know back decades so you want to be really extravagant with your prime rib you know this is a good idea too (laughs) well Belinda Chang uh is her website is belindachang.com. I can't I'm in all seriousness. I love when you come in because you do you elevate the mood of wherever you are. Aww. Merry Christmas. Thank you for the gingerbread cookies. Tell your nieces I love them. Uh, we're sharing them with everybody and thank you for the recommendations. Have a great Christmas and if I don't see you before, have a happy new year. We will talk to you again very soon. Cheers, Brian. belindachang.com. All right. Uh, it is time for the news. We have a special guest calling in after the news and then we'll talk a little Christmas Eve traditions and we'll wrap the whole thing up with one of our favorite Christmas classics. All in the next half hour here on 720 WGN. Let's head into the newsroom. All right. Thanks again to Belinda Chang and the wonderful Victoria Kent, the uh, the PR guru of Chicago, for always coming through for us. Uh, we are gonna, I'm still drinking some canned wine, Yasmin. I, I hope that doesn't bother you. I know the FCC probably founds on that. But one person who that we needed to talk to over the holidays and who knows I am not afraid of uh, having a can of wine on the air Cody Goff is joining us now, uh, my longtime uh, producer, sidekick, friend for many, many years here at WGN. Welcome, Cody. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, Brian. It's a pleasure to speak with you. Is it? Because you saw, again, <laughs> the tone betrays your words. Uh, I, think, I think you're probably, I, I figure you're sitting around drinking your morning coffee with whatever kind of alcohol you've poured into it, and you're thinking, oh my God, why does he want to talk to me? Actually, I'm actually recovering because, as you know, uh, over over the last few weeks, I procured several of Goose Island's <laughs> Bourbon County Stouts. You have, you, it's almost to the point where we need to have some sort of intervention for you. As good as those beers are, I think you may have you, you've you've gone over the edge. I, I went a little overboard, but as you know, it's it's um it's a it's quite a tall order to just sit around at home and and crack open one of those bottles and right. pour yourself a whole giant bottle because they're so strong you're basically drinking a six pack of beer. So it's a sharing beer. So I brought some home with me for the holidays sure. to share with family and friends. And uh, are they enjoying yeah, them? Last, we we enjoyed all of them. Wow. Uh, and. <laughs> I mean, not 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 all the ones you saw, and you know that I posted online uh, okay. clearly because that 
that would have been a bit much, but I, I think I, I got myself drinking already for, for Christmas. Holy so I mean, cow. Take it easy the next couple of days. Well, that's good. Um, that's, that's very good. It was very merry and jolly, though, and, and overall responsible. But you know, well, that, well, sure, you're, you're at home with your family, and that's that's always nice. Now you're in Rockford to celebrate Christmas with uh, with your parents and your uh, siblings, everybody there, and your lovely wife. Everybody, uh, yeah. everybody behaving themselves. Everyone's good so far, but you know, tomorrow is going to be a big first for me because uh, we're also going to see my wife's family before Christmas, but they're in North Carolina, so okay. we're going to be flying. Uh, tomorrow on oh, Christmas no. Day. Okay. I, well, and see, that's what I said. So I was very averse to this. I was like, can't we just wait till the next day? And every single person I have told this to, every person has been like, oh my God, flying on Christmas Day is the best thing ever. There's no one at the airport. It's so fast. Everyone, it's like empty. So people swear by this. It's like a thing, I guess. Well, I, we so talked I about this. A, we talked about this a little earlier when we were talking about all the weather. My brother, my brother Dennis, flies in. He and my sister-in-law fly here every christmas day more you know christmas morning they come in for a couple days uh so they fly on christmas i know other people have done it i did it once it's not bad you know it's better than trying it's, <laughs> listen it, as far as air travel goes it's as easy as any other you know flying on the holiday there's less people there because everybody wants to already be there on the holiday so right yeah I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm going to go into it with an open mind, but nice. uh, you know, and an open bottle of stout. A bottle of stout. No, I won't be bringing any. Well, you have to get the whole liquid thing and all that. I don't even know. I don't even. Know. <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know how to fly anymore. What's what's flying? It just seems so weird. <laughs> People, uh, I, I must tell you, I must compliment you. We're going to have to post this. Uh, I got a number of requests for. The holiday podcast we did when Molly tried to buy eggnog. People have been asking oh me if we would if we could post that again. So after you know after the holidays, we'll have to post that again. People wanted to people wanted to hear that story again when we uh, we sent Molly to Walgreens for eggnog and it turned into a disaster. That is a timeless classic. Timeless Christmas, was... Christmas classic. <laughs> and they can probably still find it on the on the website, and, and but we'll get it up there. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, no, I'll get right on that. Yeah, I'm sure it's on. I'll, I'll, think, I'll see if I can find it on my phone and uh, see if we can put it on the Facebook Well, I just page. figured I figured you would find that uh, that would be amusing. Now, have you? Um, I, I'm assuming you're all done with your shopping, or do you do you and your lovely wife not shop for each other? Is that part of the newlywed scheme? <laughs> no, no, we 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 are not allowed to give each other anything for Christmas or our birthdays this year oh. because. Uh, because we we treated ourselves to a pair of tickets to the Ring Cycle at the Lyric Opera next year. Uh, uh, oh, which is, yeah, which is about twenty hours of Wagner. It's four operas performed in one week, um, which, as you can imagine, is quite extravagant. Uh, yes, and yeah, I didn't know like, you we were nearly that. that fancy. You are quite the fancy Dan. Oh, for sure. And I'm going to buy opera goggles for it because <laughs> there's there's no way I'm going to miss a second of whatever's happening on that stage. Um, I can't wait to see you with thing. the opera glasses. That's going to be great. Oh man, there are Wagnerites. It's like a it's like a basically a fan club of Wagner, and they just travel around seeing performances of the Ring Cycle. Really? <laughs> it's it's going to be. Yeah, I don't know. I've never I, I heard know. of this. I, it sounds fascinating. It's, I mean, like, 
I mean, like I said, t- tickets to the sea, uh, you know, like 20 hours of opera or whatever uh, across four days in a week is like, I have to take two days off of work for this. Cause I can't, <laughs> you can't go to work for eight hours and then go to a six hour Wagner opera, then wake up the next day, go to eight hours of work and then do another one. Like th- there's no way, there's no way I'm literally going to have to take time off to just like process what I just saw. <laughs> So wow. yeah, so no, so fortunately, we I dodged the bullet. We didn't have to give each other gifts this year. Uh, well, that's no, nice. that sounds like uh, that's definitely a, a gift right there. Getting the uh, I don't know <laughs> the Wagner ring cycle. That's good. Listen, I wish I had done that. That would have been, uh, but much easier. No, I don't. I don't want much to. easier. And you're all done. You're oh you yeah. handled your family. Stuff. I handle my business, Cody. You know that about me. After all these years, my business is handled. Now this year, mm-hmm. this year, business got handled. Later than normal because I was, I was at a loss. After all these years, I, I had uh, was having trouble trying to figure out what to do, what to get. Uh, and I will say, Molly, Molly uh, came through with a great idea. So I think Debbie will be happy. Well, it's about time. You're the hardest guy to shop for. Oh no, Debbie! It, it, I, Molly <laughs> came through with an idea for Debbie, not for me. I don't, you know, no, I don't want anything. You- you deserve it, Brian. You deserve having a hard time coming up with a gift idea because everyone else has had to deal with that for so long. Listen, I, I don't... I, your, everyone's present is present enough to me. That's just having you in my life is enough of a gift that I can't return. It's like buying something and losing the receipt. And now I'm like, I if I take it back, I'm going to get so much less that I paid for it, so I might as well just keep it. And I'll put it on the shelf, and it'll get dusty, and then, uh, you know, then it's still there. But I wanted, I wanted to talk to you because uh, I knew, I know people have been asking since all the changes have been going on. Uh, in fact, Belinda and Victoria were just saying, "What happened to Cody?" Uh, so I knew you, you would want to come on and wish everybody happy holiday. Maybe you don't, but I wanted you to come on and just, I wanted to wish you, uh, you know, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and tell your lovely wife Casey and the rest of your family who are I'm very fond of that uh, I send them my good wishes as well, and I figured you'd want to you know you might want to pass those wishes along to people because normally you know we do our spec we would in the past do our spectacular spectacular um yeah this year yeah. we were lazy yeah. and we didn't do it <laughs> well well sure you know uh no and I, hey i'm still around like you know we're still we're still oh yeah WGN. i know there's been some schedule shakeups but we're both still around so, <laughs> we're still here yeah you know. More stuff will happen soon. Hopefully, some. I hope I would love to do a Wagner podcast and try to explain a German opera to you. I would love to uh, do after you see it. Uh, what is it? Sixteen hours, eighty-seven hours of uh, Wagner. It's going to feel like a, yeah. It's in here's, April, early April. Here's what we'll so. do: you come in with Wagner. He's German, correct? Mm-hmm. Good. Then I'll get uh, I'll get some nice German beers and perhaps some Wiener Schnitzel, and I will Ooh. enjoy a meal while you talk to me about opera. Oh. How does that sound? Does that sound all right? I'll wear later hosen. Uh, perhaps I'll yodel and I'll scream the sound of music silently in the background. Oh well, hey, opera's very fancy, so you should wear a monocle. I will. Oh, I always wear a monocle because by then, oh, if, if I drink enough beer, my glasses fall off and break, and then I, I at least I can see out of one eye. So that's uh, <laughs> it's all about the monocle. I can't. And please, when you're doing when you're giving me the information, you must wear your opera glasses. Now oh, you well, should allow course. you should allow your wife to buy you opera glasses for your birthday. Ooh, that's a good point. Yeah, we're seeing it like the week after my birthday. That's so. then she should give you opera glasses for your birthday. 
All right. Well, we'll uh, we'll, we'll work. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, I understand. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. I just wanted to uh, wish you a Merry Christmas. I know people, listeners. Uh, you know, they're used to hearing us together. They wanted to. Uh, they wanted to know what you were up to, and they want to wish you a Merry Christmas as well. So please pass my good wishes along to uh, your lovely wife and your entire family, and enjoy the most dangerous city in the world today, <laughs> and then uh, travel safe tomorrow. Merry Christmas to you and your family as well, Brian, and of course, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays to all everybody listening. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's it's a fun, interesting, exhilarating 2019, so and 2020 should be fun, too. 2020 will be a lot of fun. Cody, always a pleasure. We will talk very soon when you get back in town. Sounds good. Cheers, Brian. Cheers. Take care. That is Cody Goff. He is my uh, he is my longtime producer, uh, friend, sidekick, everything. So I know people have been asking about him. So there you go. It's a tradi- it's a tradition to talk to Cody at the holidays uh, for me and uh, for a lot of you as well. Uh, somebody texted in. They wanted to know the name of the cava in the black bottle that uh, Belinda was talking about. It's called Freshenay. I tried to I tried to to Google it to spell it, but I. I don't know how you spell it, but if you walk in anywhere and say you would like a bottle of Fresh and A, they'll know they'll know what it is, and you can you can find that pretty much anywhere. I know uh, Binnies or grocery stores; they all have it. It's a black bottle. Fresh and A is the kava that uh, Belinda was saying she had, and this is her quote that she drank her body weight in. So Fresh and A. All right, let's do this. Then we'll come back. We've got a holiday classic. We're uh, we're running out of time, Yasmin. I don't know if you can uh, talk to G. We may we may just go till one o'clock. I have a lot to get to, uh, but we'll do this first on WGN. All right, always good. I can always count on the listeners. You guys always help me out. Uh, Jack sent me a text. So <laughs> Fresh and A is F R E I X E N E T. Fresh and A. Uh, that was the that was the kava that Belinda was talking about. Oh my goodness, I, I Jack, if you had if you had given me all day, I would have never come up with that spelling. So <laughs> thank you very much. Again, F R E I X E N E T. Uh, people thank us for the Cody update. He is very very happy. Oh my gosh, who will sing Edelweiss? Well, that's if we if Cody and I do the thing, and I'm screening uh, you know, Sound of Music. I of course will have to sing Edelweiss because. Why not? I like to, because I like to hog the limelight. That's, you know, that's just me. Oh, and yeah, some people that said to get pictures. Fresh and A now is sweeping the nation. So it is Christmas Eve. I hope, however you celebrate uh, Christmas or Hanukkah or the whatever holiday you're celebrating, I hope that you are surrounded by people who care about you, whether it's friends, family, uh, people who are going to share goodwill with you, because that is my wish. I have uh, been lucky enough to share the holidays with some great people, and uh, the people here, as we're sharing today, it has been a lot of fun. Uh, there's always there's always little Christmas traditions, and my daughter is now 23. I was going to say 24, but she's still 23. When she was young, uh, now Ryan, how old are your kids? Uh, 12 and 7. 12 and 7. When my daughter was was very young, her first I started reading like many people the night before Christmas. It was not a not a big surprise. It's, it doesn't make me unique in any way. But I thought when she got to a certain age, maybe that would fall away. That she didn't want to listen to her dad read the night before Christmas. And I was fine with that. But every year she'll say when are we reading the book? And it, it can be now you know, tonight we'll watch movies and we'll have uh, Chinese food. That's our Christmas Eve tradition. And, uh, you know, I'll have a couple pops maybe. Who knows? It's Christmas. Um, as as Clark Griswold's dad said in uh, Christmas Vacation, Jack Daniels helped a lot. So, uh, <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> so, you know, 
But no matter what, before she goes to bed, she will say, are you going to read the book? The uh, the Garfield cartoon Christmas special. They don't show it on anymore, but the premise part of that is is that John, who's Garfield's yes. owner, and his brother sit down and they make the dad read. Uh, what is it? Christmas with with uh, whatever the clown's name is. The cranks? No, no. But but they make him do the voices, and these are grown right. men. Yes, and they make it's a cartoon, but still, that's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of yes. you sitting there. That's exactly yes. what it is, and you know what. Uh, I I joke about it, I grouse about it, but it means it means the world to me. Like I'm sure it means the world to you when your kids or your family members ask you to do something. And so because of that, I wanted to share that tradition with you. So uh, before we go any further, I want to share this with you on the way out. Creature was stirring, not even a mouse. The stockings were hung by the chimney with care, in hopes that Saint Nicholas soon would be there. The children were nestled all snug in their beds while visions of sugar plums danced in their heads. And Mama in her kerchief and I in my cap had just settled our brains for a long winter's nap. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from my bed to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the shutters and threw up the sash. The moon on the breast of the new-fallen snow gave the luster of midday to objects below. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a miniature sleigh and eight tiny reindeer. With a little old driver so lively and quick, I knew in a moment it must be St. Nick. More rapid than eagles, his coursers they came, and he whistled and shouted and called them by name. Now Dasher, now Dancer, now Prancer and Vixen, on Comet, on Cupid, on Donder and Blitzen, to the top of the porch, to the top of the wall, now dash away, dash away, dash away all. As dry leaves that before the wild hurricane fly, when they meet with an obstacle mount to the sky, so up to the housetop the coursers they flew, with the sleigh full of toys and St. Nicholas too. And then in a twinkling I heard on the roof the prancing and pawing of each little hoof. As I drew in my head and was turning around, down the chimney St. Nicholas came with a bound. He was dressed all in fur from his head to his foot, and his clothes were all tarnished with ashes and soot. A bundle of toys he had flung on his back, and he looked like a peddler just opening his pack. His eyes, how they twinkled, his dimples, how merry. His cheeks were like roses, his nose like a cherry. His droll little mouth was drawn up like a bow, and the beard of his chin was as white as the snow. The stump of a pipe he held tight in his teeth, and the smoke, it encircled his head like a wreath. He had a broad face and a round little belly that shook when he laughed like a bowl full of jelly. He was chubby and plump, a right jolly old elf, and I laughed when I saw him in spite of myself. A wink of his eye and a twist of his head soon gave me to know I had nothing to dread. He spoke not a word but went straight to his work and filled all his stockings then turned with a jerk and laying his finger aside of his nose and giving a nod up the chimney he rose. He sprang to his sleigh, to his team gave a whistle, and away they all flew like the down of a thistle. But I heard him exclaim as he drove out of sight, Happy Christmas, and to all, a good night.
the night before Christmas. Yes, a holiday tradition at our house. It might be a holiday tradition at your house. I know for years, Orion uh, Samuelson used to read it here. Um, but, you know, while my, my pipes are not as dulcet as Orion's, uh, the... The feeling is still there. That's that's one of the big traditions. But then my favorite Christmas Eve tradition happens after I read the story. Then my wife and daughter go to bed. And then it's myself and the dogs, and we watch Bad Santa. I, I pour myself a drink. We sit in the chair, and I watch Bad Santa with the dogs. Because they, they're really not uh, discerning when it comes to their cinema. So they will watch Bad Santa with me. The rest of the family will not. So that is, that is if, if you're wondering what will I be doing come about 11 o'clock tonight while Santa is making his rounds, I will be sitting in my chair. For a visual, what is, what's the pants situation? Uh, it'll, be, it'll be some sort of, we've got matching pajama pants this year. They're, mar- they're, maroon, they're maroon with uh, Santas on them. And uh, we got uh, these, so we're going to be in matching jammies. But I will be in, I will be alone in my matching jammies. Uh, and then it'll probably be, it'll probably be a nice stout in a, uh, and then Billy Bob Thornton will come on, and all will be right with the world. I'm glad to hear that. Yes, and then Santa will arrive, and tomorrow morning I'll get up groggy and go. Eh, shouldn't have watched Bad Santa until you gonna, two in the morning. You going to set the traps for Santa? Of course. Okay. Well, that's kind of why I stay up too. Sure. Absolutely. I'm very quiet. Mm-hmm. Very quiet. Have a merry Christmas, Ryan. It was great. Uh, great you to see you. A great working with you. Let's do this, and then we'll see what G G is coming in. So she, we're going to find out what she's doing. We'll do that after this. WGN. All right. Well, thank you for listening and being part of the program. I hope you have a wonderful Christmas, a wonderful Hanukkah. All of the uh, the holidays are nice. I will talk to you again next week here on WGN. You can always find out where I am and where you can hear me on the Brian Noonan Show page on Facebook, and we'll post uh, we'll post that Yes Virginia and stuff uh, later for all who are going to be here. Now, the holidays mean some people are pulling double duty. That's what G is doing. <laughs> you are doing the business hour, then you are doing Anna's show, and uh, can I offer you a canned wine to help you make it through the next three hours? I- I would love not just one, but several cans. Well, I'll give you what I've got. <laughs> I, 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 I can't wait to hear you do the business hour after you've had a couple cans of wine. Um, you know, it could be, it could, you know, spice things up a little bit more. Sure. Um, yeah, but you know what? I have to tell you something. I love Bad Santa. It's one of my favorite movies. Thank you. There's a lot of people <laughs> who either, they either don't know it or they can't stand it because, oh, it's so distasteful and it's so raunchy. I, it's fantastic. I think Billy Bob is fantastic in it, oh. and uh, if even if you're not a fan of Billy Bob, I think you'll like it. I think let me. This is a suggestion that I give to people who haven't seen it and who think they might be put off by it. Here's what you do: yeah, you, you have a little twofer, a little uh, holiday movie speedball. You watch <laughs> Elf, which is very uplifting and friendly and mm-hmm. lovely, and couldn't be more sugary, and then immediately slam into Bad Santa. And it gives you the perfect one-two punch for your holidays. I think that's perfect. Um, You know what? Did you ever go to the pop-up that they did in in the city? It was like an elf pop-up. No, I didn't go to that one. I went to a tiki one last week. Did they put syrup on the noodles there? They did. They had had that dish there. Is Um, there sugar in syrup? Um, yes, there is. Oh, then yes. I love <laughs> and, the wor- and the best coffee in the world, is that there? The city? Uh, was ab- it the city? Absolutely, yes. Best, co- yeah. best cup of coffee. Um, random. I'm wondering, because you yes. know so many random facts, and you're a wealth of information. <laughs> Did well, you know that there is a Santa Claus, Indiana? I did know that. 
I actually know someone who lives in Santa Claus, Indiana. You know Jay Cutler? Not Jay, not Jay Cutler. Okay. Another, right. another human being lives in Santa Claus, really? Indiana. Really? Yes. Okay, this is just something I just recently discovered. I had no idea. They have an amusement park there called Santa World. This is their I, time to shine. Yep. I knew you would know about this. It's it's frightening that I do, G, but I appreciate <laughs> that. I appreciate you. You know, admiring the fact that I know a lot about nothing. No, I have I, many random facts. To me, I think that just means that you are a Renaissance man. You are well-rounded. Well, I'm going to take that into my Christmas and wear it proudly. Enjoy the next couple hours. Have wonderful shows. 